1: 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com.
2: Rashard Smith on a return for the Canes. Catches a scene.
1: Here goes Smith. Would you look at what we got going?
3: 65 Sports is presented by idealmri.com. High quality MRIs for $497 or less. idealmri.com. Your health is important, so is your budget. Some pressure.
1: 365 Sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance. Protecting Texans since 1952. Hanging on to the time. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life.
4: Big hitter right out of the break. Andre Gestime is going to go the distance. An 80-yard touchdown.
1: 365 Sports is turbocharged by Unite Private Networks. Find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com.
5: Now, pressure, Aguilar, back foot throw, Davis, incomplete, no flags.
2: Tar Heels win.
1: Now, here's Paul
6: Catalina. Welcome in, 365 Sports Friday. Obviously, flying solo because the smokes are off to Rockwall today, right, Garrett? Is that where they are?
7: Yep, yeah, Rockwall, Heath, and Midway.
6: Rockwall, Heath, and Midway tonight. Uh, you can hear that on the SIGM 365 app. Garrett will be doing Connolly in China Spring. Uh, apparently, if they let him in the room. Uh, <laughs> What's
7: which, that supposed to mean? Uh, oh, yeah. No,
6: I mean, apparently yeah. there was a... A, a bit of a space issue, which I think has been resolved. Yeah, but, I think
7: we got that fixed.
6: But uh, anyway, uh, diving into to college football right away here. Uh, had a game last night, or a couple games last night. Uh, in the top 25, Miami rolls through Bethune-Cookman, 48-7, and they continue their role. Um, and uh, also Memphis and Navy played uh, played a really good game, uh, 28-24 Memphis. Uh, they pull that one off, and they're um, – Buy a ticket for, I believe it was Bethune-Cookman last week was the first home game, and then that was $60, and you get a free one every time they win. Continues. Huh. So congratulations to Memphis Tigers fans who took care of that promotion. They play Mizzou next week, or it was two weeks ago with Bethune. Uh, and then Navy, they, they host Missouri, Boise State, Tulane. Back to back to back. So I wonder how long those free tickets last. Or, you know, I guess you're not free. You paid $60, but extra tickets go. So,
7: Oh, man, I just – that's an interesting slate. I just don't see him making it past Mizzou. Like, yeah, I think it ends with Mizzou right there.
6: But um, I would think that the big news, though, today, Garrett, in college football, is this, that Jalen Milroe is not going to start for Alabama this week. Tyler Buckner, the Notre Dame transfer, in the driver's seat against South Florida, USF, I'm sorry – I think they and US, UCF have, have dispatched with the um, directional school names, yeah. which is their prerogative. They can name it whatever they want. Uh, and But against USF this week, they are uh, going to start Tyler Buckner, and a good time to do that. And I think this is, you can see this is Nick Saban panicking. I actually don't think that Nick Saban panics because I think that whatever is going to happen with this Alabama team this year, Nick Saban will have a good handle on it Mm -hmm. and will just drive through the storm, however that means. If that means they go 9-3, and then they go 9-3. and But if it's for the better of the program, if he's just going to keep it going this way, then it will. Now, we heard Tim Brando say the other day that this decision to kind of hold off on the transfer portal hurt him. Now there were reports that Drake may turn down 2 million dollars a year to come there. Um, yes. and I was surprised Spencer Sanders was not on their radar.
7: Uh man, I a little bit. I'm not because I I
8: He's just not have even never trusted him, dude. Yeah. Like
7: I've never trusted him and then now like you leave, like you would easily be the starter if you would have stayed put and now you're just holding the clipboard. Like I just I don't see him being a fit at Bama regardless.
6: Yeah, I mean, let's look around the country. Transfer quarterbacks this season, right? That have have made an impact. Sam Hartman, definitely, right up there, has made an impact. Um,
7: Everybody in the Pac-12.
6: Yeah, but I'm talking about guys who transfer who were available to them that they could have gotten. Sam Hartman and Devin Leary. Devin Leary was the one I also thought they might go in on. Yes. Uh, Brandon Armstrong at NC State. You know, I think the the uh, the 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 book's still out on on how that is going. Um, but you know, so there wasn't like, there's a bunch of guys that were like really, you know, like, could they have gotten in on Walker Howard when he went to Ole Miss, but yeah, then they're in the same situation. They're, they're kind of in right now as a guy who hasn't played yet. Um,
7: yeah, I mean, there was really nobody that else that really hit the portal. I'm trying to think like. You think logically how things work now. If I'm Bama, I would have reached out to Malik Murphy or somebody on Texas' plethora of depth the depth chart that they have there. But Malik Murphy was hurt. That's the thing.
6: He hardly even got to play in the spring, you know, because he was still recovering. So, yeah, they were – them not getting Sam Harvin and maybe even Devin Leary might have changed their season for the worse. Um, They waited until the end of spring on Tyler Buckner, who – I'm surprised was even there knowing that him knowing that Sam Hartman was coming uh, because Sam Hartman wasn't going to Notre Dame to fight for the job no. but um I guess you know they stood on ceremony there and you know let him fight it out and see if it was but Sam Hartman was going to be the guy uh, at Notre Dame, you know so I don't know I mean like that decision's big I don't see it as panic I see it as one you have to protect above all else because Jalen Milroe is still just a sophomore. Yes. And he is a fantastic athlete. You want to be able to protect his confidence, which this is probably a hit to it, but not a bad a hit to it as it could be of playing three or four games in a row where you make the mistakes you made against Texas.
7: Well, I I mean, I also think it's a situation where maybe it maybe it provides that spark of get better at, at um with your reps in practice and practice on throwing, like I don't see Tyler Buckner coming in and lighting the world on fire and being that much better or that more efficient in the passing game than what Milro is. Uh, that's the biggest concern for me, but like maybe this is just a little slight spark of saying, look, you've, you've shown right now that other than your deep ball, you can't throw. Uh, maybe it's a practice thing or that's the only real logical tactic I can think behind this move because I mean, I, I understand testing Buckner this week. But at the same time, like, you've seen it. You know essentially what you got at the end of the day. I just don't think he's going to be that much of a difference regardless.
6: Yeah, and look, I, the, Tyler Buckner came to be the start. Like, you don't go and get him after the spring if you think that Jalen Milrow or Simpson or, you know, are, are going to be fine come August. Yeah. And so they obviously made that decision knowing that they needed some more help. Buckner came in after the spring. He only had August. Uh, while, you know, he follows Tommy Reeves and he knows that system – it's still Tommy Reese is having to adjust to what Nick Saban wants, too. Definitely. So, like, those are the things that all have to happen. So, we'll see how Tyler Buckner does. Um, but right now they have a bunch of guys on the roster who can't win jobs. You know, Alabama normally doesn't have to get a transfer quarterback who didn't win a job somewhere else. That's a good now, point. Um, I will say that if you like, a super big Alabama fan and you, you want to throw Jacob Coker at me – Yes, they won a national championship with Jacob Coker. He was not beating out Jameis Winston, but his timeline would have – like, he would have been the starter at FSU had he waited that one more year, and then he was the starter at Alabama the next year they won the national title. So, yes, there's that one, but usually, you know, they're taking a guy out of the portal because they can, you know. Yeah. But they haven't also, to my knowledge, taken a lot of quarterbacks out of the portal. I mean, they've been they've been really successful – you know, outside of Jacob Coker, with Brody Croyle, um, you know, uh, AJ McCarron, Greg McElroy, Mac Jones, Sims, Sims like all those guys, really uh, successful for them. Tua, uh, Jalen Hurts. They lost one. They lost Jalen Hurts, obviously, to Oklahoma. But Jalen Hurts, like all those guys, Bryce Young. Now they've been successful with that. This is a new. This is a little bit of a new territory for them, especially in the last decade. Where they're having to go and look at quarterback, but I do think that when you've got an athlete as talented as Jalen Milroe, to me, it's way more important that you find the the best way for him to be successful without crushing him into into dust confidence wise and 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 making it to where he's not going to be able to start from you at quarterback no matter what uh because you've you've put him in a position where he's not ready to help you um or Also, you're not necessarily ready to run the offense that Jalen Milrow would be good at because they were not doing that against Texas last week.
7: No, and I also wonder, like, how much of this is finally seeing the constant turnover from an offensive coordinator uh, standpoint at Bama catch up with them on the recruiting trail? Like, if you're constantly going through guys year in and year out, how? I mean, it, it seems like it's finally gotten to a point where it's more difficult for them. To recruit, I mean, I know maybe this was a year where you try to take a maybe you you thought you were going to get Drake May, so you didn't put more of an emphasis on the the recruiting class this year. But I also wonder how much of that really is like you're you're in a situation where if you're Bama, you should never be concerned about your quarterback. Like you should think you would always get a a top notch guy in there, like George has been able to do, or Ohio State. You know, and that's just one of those things where that hasn't happened this year. And I don't know if that's just a weird situation where. Your system and the turnovers catching up for you, or you put all your eggs in one basket and missed in the transfer portal significantly, and now you're set back a year or two.
6: Yeah, look, and and Tim Brando said the other day that he thinks that Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban's stubbornness on it's on pretty issue uh, might cost him. You know, look, it's early in the year, and Alabama's only lost one game. If you want to tell me that somebody who can pick themselves off the, off the mat, Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban can pick themselves off of the mat. Yes, but from what we've seen of what they have, and this is even going back to last year where Alabama, you know, they played a lot more close games than they normally played, and they played sloppy at times, and Jalen Milrow won him a game against A&M. He played, he played pretty well in that game, uh, and, and a lot of that was AM and m also jimboing their yeah, way out of that exactly. one. exactly. But uh, they... They... Uh, they were not Alabama of old, where, especially in some of the close games that they won, it was the Bryce Young factor that was the difference. That, yes, you have the first pick in the draft, and he's better than everybody else, so let's, let's ride that. Well, they don't have that now, so that's going to hurt them in the close games. Uh, like, Texas should have been a little bit closer. In my mind, going into that game, if it's this Texas on the rise and classic Alabama, even if Texas wins, it should not be Nick Saban – you know, talking about next week on the headset in the last four minutes of the game. You know,
7: no, but I also think it was one of those where they tried to play because that that game it looked like they were trying to. To me, watching Bama's often you know in the SEC as I have, like they looked like they were trying to play that vintage Alabama football and beat you with the talent despite the quarterback. And I think that's where they finally realized that everybody who left out of the transfer portal. Has hindered them and they're not able to do that the way they used to because they just don't have the body stacked up in the depth of five star after five star, like, you know, like they were able to. Because now, like you mentioned the other day, everybody's hit the portal and they're, instead of waiting and developing, they're off playing somewhere. So I think that's kind of caught up with them and they just don't have an ace in the hole against these programs like they have in years past.
6: No, absolutely not. Um, Yeah, they, they don't. And look, everybody, like, People suffer. Look, I'll tell you, Texas fans can attest to this a little bit, maybe a lot of bit, is that eventually you, everybody starts hiring coaches to beat you. Exactly. And so the SEC has started hiring coaches to beat them, and they finally have one that can beat them. And they have a couple others that can take enough recruits away from them to where he's not as strong. So, uh, look, LSU is always kind of recruiting with them. They, they always... Seemed to whiff on quarterback until, yes. you know, they fell ass backwards into Joe Burrow being available and, and and had one of the greatest teams ever. I would say that 2019 LSU team, the only team in my mind I would pick for sure to beat it would be one Miami.
7: Yeah, they were. Yeah. But yeah.
6: they're better at quarterback than 0-1 Miami is and that I would take Joe Burrow. Over Ken Dorsey, but everywhere else, I don't know. So Yeah, like, but
7: that that's secondary. I, yeah, oh.
6: yeah, yeah, if Joe like if Joe Burrow is throwing to that secondary That's a little different. Yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> but I like they had that great team, so they had a roster that was as loaded as you could get. Yes. You know? Um like there are teams like matchups, like I would love to do just a bracket of like okay. Not even necessarily a bracket, but just like '05 Texas versus '2019, you know LSU '01 yeah. Miami versus '95 Nebraska, '2013 FSU versus. And I'm trying to think of somebody who's kind of on that level. Mm, uh, probably
7: who? One of the Ohio State teams. The Ohio, yeah. Ohio
6: State, like 2014 yeah. Ohio State. Well, the next like. They could have played each other, you know, at FSU exactly. won, kind of, but the FSU, like, if the FSU team year before and the 2014 Ohio State team had played, that would have been really interesting, you know, that, that game right there. But that's a little tangent. But you you hire coaches to beat you. So when Texas won, it was a bigger alarm bell than when Oklahoma won, right? Yes. So when Oklahoma won in 2000, you know, uh, that, was, that wasn't that was really set much of an alarm bell to the Big 12. But when Texas won again, after they had spent the better part of two and a half decades being good but not great, mm-hmm. or sometimes even flat-out mediocre, when Texas won in 05, that set off alarm bells around the Big 12. So then everybody's making moves to try to beat Texas. Until eventually they did, right? Yeah. And, and then Texas um, just could never find the right, you know... Coach to rekindle the, the glory, you know, between Mac Brown and now Steve Sarkisian. So what's happened in the SEC is, and because they sustained way more success, is that every move that's made, which now will be to beat Kirby Smart probably, but even then you're still kind of beating Nick Saban. Every move that's been made coaching-wise is to beat Nick Saban. Who can beat Nick Saban? Who can we have that can regularly beat Nick Saban? And the, there's not really a, a strong answer to that yet except for Kirby Smart, who was – the, like the next model, Nick's, like the new model, Nick Saban.
7: Yeah, it, I honestly thought it would have been, you know, like Jimbo. I thought he would have been able to like take that mold and have the run with it. Because you've had all those coaches. Like Nick Saban has spawned off like all of these phenomenal coaches and they're doing exactly what they were taught at these certain programs. And it's starting to come up and bite him, man. But you know, I thought I thought it would probably have been Jimbo beforehand when it was Kirby that, that did it. And then probably Lane. But see how Lane just kind of flatlined? It's like he's reached his peak at Ole Miss. But to see what Sark is doing and how he's building it, I'm surprised that Sark is starting to have the trajectory of being like that next guy up um, behind Kirby Smart that's trying to catch Saban. Uh, but, yeah, I'm really intrigued by Ole Miss and how Lane Kiffin is kind of stalled out there because he's one of those really brilliant minds as well uh, coming from Saban's tree that just hasn't, hasn't found the right program yet to get it to where he can compete year in and year out and push Saban.
6: Yeah, absolutely. So that's what's happening, and they've got, like, little bitty things. Yeah. And I, I've done this as a lead-up to our next thing, which this shows you that, look, you may think that Sabin might not have it anymore, but I'll tell you, this guy, he knows how to turn it on its ear when he does. Did you watch this yet, Garrett?
7: I haven't watched it. I okay. just I, I, I saw people blowing up about it.
6: This is hilarious. So this is Nick Saban on his coach's show last night. Taking a call from Pee Wee, which I can tell you, having been in a call-in radio business for quite a long time, whenever you get a guy like Pee Wee, like, that's named Pee Wee on the phone, Garrett, I get nervous. You, like, you I should, just, like, yes. this is <laughs> This is something that can potentially hijack the show, and you can never get it back, because... Sometimes a guy named Pee-wee says something so outlandish and ridiculous because he is just trying to get attention that you can't rope it in and if you're trying to take other calls, you'll be like, Okay, what do you think about the game? Pee-wee comes on, you know, you know, stinky, whatever you want to call their name, and they say something and it's so outlandish, you spend the next hour of this call in show just being derailed. Like, with people. <laughs> Don't worry about what this guy said. I want your opinion about the game, not what about peewee said so nick saban brilliantly jumped the line on this one i i i I have as a person who's had to deal with this nothing but the utmost respect and chef's kiss on the humor for what nick saban did last night
9: coach how are you sir
2: well peewee i've been wanting to talk to you all week man i mean we got to firm up the pocket (laughs) we're setting too soft we're getting pushed back in the middle all right, everybody thinks we can't hold up against the Blitz, but they're sacking us with four-man rush, one three-man rush. Only one sack came off of a pressure, so I wanted to ask you what the hell's going on. <laughs> well, I believe you covered it all right there, Coach.
6: So there you have it. I mean, Pee-wee's the first caller every week. Uh, also, that is the thing, that the first caller every time, you give a caller Helen Thomas status. Eh, They better be good. Yeah. They better be good. Uh, So, uh, I – but, yeah, I thought that was really good. I thought he, like – I thought he wrapped his arms around that really well. Uh, And, again, they're – like, you lose a big game like that, and, like, everything gets tense, especially when it's Alabama, and they don't know how to deal with disappointment anymore because everything is, is candy canes and sugar plums there most of the time.
7: Yeah, but I, I think it's it shows like the humility of of Saban understanding the the concept there, and just being able to have fun with it because it's really baffling how we judge programs or, or from the outside we look at Bama or we look at Clemson and their bad season is literally the, what most teams around the nation would call. The arguably their best season ever uh, so it's fun to see Saban kind of having fun with that and I wish more coaches would actually embrace that it show the different side of them because I think a lot of people like Saban in particular if you look at him I think a lot of people probably think he's an ass you know like yeah. just realistically but if you watch stuff like that or the Aflac commercials that just shows the other side of him it's it's that Bill Belichick mentality that I love to see that other concept when it's uh, things like that unfolding
6: yeah absolutely so Um, that was just great. I thought it was excellent. Um, we cannot show the video. I reached out to the proper parties. We'll probably get a yes much later. Yeah, probably. But it was, I mean, it came out this morning, but in the sunglass battle between Jay Norvell and Deion Sanders now, Deion Sanders gifted a pair of shades to the entire Colorado state team or Colorado team today after Colorado State head coach Jay Norvell made his comments there yesterday. And Pat McAfee is doing a show in Boulder. This is something we have not seen in college football. This is what Texas wanted the Longhorn Network to do. Exactly. This is what Texas wanted the Longhorn Network to do. This is so much bigger than even just that, in that Deion Sanders has commanded the attention, and this is is one of the lamest weekend schedule-wise of the year. Like as far as top twenty five matchups and big tilts. Mm-hmm. But a seemingly a game that last year, if you would say Colorado and Colorado State, if Colorado hires anybody else in the world but Deion Sanders, it's like, well, the rebuilding Colorado team will get Colorado State and Jane Orvell. Nobody's talking about sunglasses. None of these, none of them. Like big Bigman kickoff, ESPN, Pat McAfee, no one's there. Sixty, 60 minutes. Sixty minutes. Sixty <laughs> minutes. Is doing a story on Dion this week. It is absolutely bonkers what's going on, but he gave everybody a pair of sunglasses. And if you wanted the best first month of recruiting lead time when the season starts, look Dion's already Dion when he got that job, that was helping. But the the things that he cannot sell people on before they play games are well, our offense is gonna be great you know, we're going to be fun. You're going to have opportunities here that you may not have other places. I can mostly believe that, and not that I think that – and it's not like he would be lying. He doesn't really know either. Right. Like, he's confident that it'll happen, but he doesn't know because it hasn't happened yet. So now that he can show you what it could be like and what they're doing with guys who are – to the recruits he's getting, like the Cormani McLeans that he brought in already or some of the other – you know – big recruits he's going after that are are lower down the recruiting totem pole than than five star and four star guys what he's doing with those guys I don't know I don't know how you're going to the what you're going to have to do is hope every year that when Dion gets his 25 guys that that's kind of it and then you go <laughs> because you are going to combat something that you just can't like you have to you have to just not worry about it you can't You're not going to be able to – the other thing is, and I think this has proven it, good luck trying to do the old school negative recruiting thing.
7: Yeah, that's not going to work.
6: Because those things that stay kind of in-house between other coaches, like, oh, this coach said Nick Saban was old, or this coach said this. Oh, if it gets back to Dion, it is on blast. So all those rules, the old rules are out the window, and you just kind of have – like, you just have to hope that maybe they don't – get as good as you think they're going to get.
7: I honestly, man, I when this initially happened, I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I And maybe it's negligent on me, my first thoughts, being somebody from Texas and following what Dion's done after football, per se. I, I always go back to prime prep and the debacle there. And, and I think that's unfair, realistically, if you look at the situation and uh, the view of it. Uh, but to be able to do what he's done is remarkable. I think when you watch – anything uh the way they navigate social media and everything i don't know why any kid in the nation wouldn't want to go play there wouldn't want to be a part of that culture uh it's a lot of fun i think they are the perfect fit for and the blueprint for how everybody needs to approach modern college football um Embrace social media, have fun with things. UCF does a really good job with it. I think those two teams, once Colorado is officially in the Big 12, are going to be hands down the best at doing that, at captivating younger kids and, and people who really understand the modern landscape of what we're doing right now. Uh, and the energy that he's been able to bring there is something that I personally haven't seen since Pete Carroll and the, like the, those USC teams where you were able to get like, people who aren't even involved with football coming out because it's an event. Like, Miami used to be able to do that. This is one rare air that he's been able to do, and I think it's great that he's gone out today. I believe it was today or yesterday. I think it was this morning, where he acknowledged, like, the, the whole NFL rumors and said, like, no, I like what we're building here. I'm very comfortable and bolder and I think it's going to be dangerous for a lot of people, especially once they finally get in the Big 12 and their footprint is firmly back in Texas.
6: Yeah, I... I think that he's in, in Colorado until he can prove what he can do at Colorado.
7: It then, might be Natty or bust.
6: Yeah. Then after after he's after whatever benchmark he set in his mind, yeah. or what he thinks is at least you, you got to where you've proven that you are you can do it anywhere, then he's probably in the water. Yeah. You know, because I don't I don't think he he's gonna hurt his credibility if he's like a, a hit and run lover, so to speak. So uh he, he can't I think uh, I think right now he's just going to ride the wave. And you know what he reminds me of, Garrett? Honestly, a little bit with just even more confidence, which is tough to say. The coach from the 90s that did this a little bit, that kind of broke the mold, although he knew how to like navigate it differently to where he was still kind of in the lane, he is Steve Spur- like Steve Spurrier did. Steve, did Spurrier, very could similar. Make jo- like, Steve Spurrier was not ever... Um, his wasn't, you slighted me, I'm going to make a... I'm going to come at you like Dion is. Because that really didn't happen to Steve Spurrier like it does to Dion. And because he does get slighted. Like some of them are perceived, some of them are real, but he gets real slighted more than any other coach in the country. Yes. Like any other coach. Because he's Dion and he's a flashpoint. But what Steve Spurrier would do was he could very playfully call out coach other coaches and. Put him in the corner to where like they have to like now banter back and forth with me, and the only one who really got it was Bowden because they were they could they could ping pong back and forth, and it made it made the rivalry better because Bobby was not dumb enough to be like, well, I'm going to make another joke about this guy. He's he was just like, all right, well, ah, shucks about everything. Yeah, they were
7: polar opposites. <laughs> yeah,
6: but they and they got they they had they had a tremendous amount of respect for each other, but they were both goofballs. You yes, know? Dion. He has a little bit of that, too, where he can, you know, he can riff. So you can't really beat him at his own game. You just got to, you know, navigate through it. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Kyle Vister says keep Garrett off camera unless he puts his Bama gear back on. But no. You see he's decked disgusting. out.
7: Disgusting. He's decked out in purple and purple gold. Purple and today. gold.
6: He's decked out in purple and gold today. Is it like more like antiseptic than anything else to like wash off the bama.
7: definitely a cleansing it was definitely a (laughs) cleansing for the soul
6: you might as well you might as well be draped in clorox wipes like that's pretty (laughs) much the same pretty much Yeah. all right when we come back speaking of purple and gold mike scarborough tigerbait.com joins us this is 365 sports
4: During Jeep Adventure Days, save big on 2023 Jeep models like the Grand Cherokee Limited with values up to $5,500. Or 10% off MSRP on new Jeep Gladiators on all trim levels. Or 10% off MSRP on a new Jeep Compass at Allen Samuels in Waco.
0: Looking to connect with Baylor alums in your area? Baylor alumni can help. Looking to host a watch party in your city? Baylor alumni can get you started. Want to step out in your community and serve with other alums baylor alumni is your connection with the university and each other let's get started learn how at baylor.edu alumni
10: one-size-fits-all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses, but when it comes to your financials, no one wants a one-size-fits-all strategy. Ben Erlinson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why he takes the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Ben Erlinson, 100 North 6th Street in Waco, 254-759-8533. Edward Jones, member S I.
11: Pioneer Steel & Pipe opened their doors in 1943 and they have never wavered with their focus on great product and customer service, relationships with a handshake, making sure you, the customer, is satisfied. Their new facility is now twice the size, allowing new inventory, higher quantities, and in a much more organized fashion. In addition to the long lengths of tubing, angles, channels, rods, and flat, Pioneer Steel & Pipe now offers several shorter, more convenient lengths of material already cut their 2500 square foot showroom has over a thousand new products in stock new welding supplies, hardware quick creep and do it yourself components for any project whether you are a professional contractor or weekend warrior the new facility is designed to make your loading experience faster and more efficient with easy drive lanes around the building and much more room to get your trailer loaded. Our location may have changed but our values haven't and our relationship with customers goes much farther than just business. Pioneer Steel and Pipe on Loop 340 and Highway 6 and just east of I-35 in Waco.
0: Parenting is full of surprises.
11: You never know what to expect.
0: So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me.
11: Sawyer is now 2,
0: and we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family.
6: Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations.
10: Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation.
1: Is 365 Sports.
3: The 3 o'clock hour is sponsored by Waco Custom Marketplace. Meats, sweets, Texas treats, and a cut above the rest. 425 Lake Air Drive, Waco. Welcome back. Our old friend Mike
6: Scarborough, TigerBait.com, joins us now on the road uh, to, you know, go get uh, some film on a prospect because that's what he does and does so well there. Mike, um... Mississippi State this week, uh, I would have said three weeks ago, most people would have thought that this game would have been a little bit less interesting because of the expectations with LSU. They had the loss to FSU. Obviously, last week was Grambling. Do you think that this one is, it has become more interesting than it maybe was thought to with certain fans because they're not as confident after the Florida State game?
5: Oh, absolutely. And the first three or four offensive series that Grambling had last week uh, you know, a casual observer just looks at the box score and the final score, uh, but Grambling was having uh, uh, a pretty damn good offensive showing there uh, early on in the football game. Um, so far, what I've seen out of this LSU football team is one of the top four uh, uh, worst defenses I've seen uh, of any LSU team in the last 30 years. And so that's including the last two of Donardo 2008, uh, and of course, uh, 20 and 21. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it, uh, a lot of head scratching. Uh, I, I think, you know, Jimmy the LSU's defensive line coach, uh, suffering a major health, uh, situation right before fall camp started. Uh, I think that could be much more of, of a factor than people think. Um, and, and the staff, uh, you, know, you know, elevating analysts and so forth to, to, to coach on the field. Um, and then just some uh, – not uh, not only that, but I think there's been some disappointing performances from guys that a lot of people thought were poised to have all SEC types of seasons. It's early, but I think LSU's one of multiple teams. Uh, I was on a, a show earlier today in, in Alabama uh, where everybody's kind of, you know, scratching their head and, and wondering – uh, there, there's a, 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 a picking up of, of the pieces, but how many pieces is there truly to pick up? Is there, you know, how much do you, um, how how far overboard do you go with the concern and, and what is real? But back to your original question, this this game tomorrow in Starkville is scarier than a lot of people thought it was going to be three weeks ago.
6: Mike, how long do you think before they scrap the let's make Harold Perkins a linebacker all the time, a middle linebacker plan, and just say paint a red X on the quarterback and go get him?
5: That's fine if you want to do that,
6: but that, that performance
5: that you saw against Arkansas last year where he basically single-handedly won the game for LSU, uh, but we saw how Texas A&M game plan and defended him and Georgia in the SEC title game, he was a non-factor. And so if he's a one trick pony, um and that's all you do with him, you're you're setting himself up and you're setting yourself up to give up some big plays. And so uh I think Harold Perkins knows it, the the uh, that uh, in order to be uh a true linebacker and, and a guy that the NFL folks want, you're you're gonna need to be an uh a uh, a a traditional linebacker and learn the position. And um Unfortunately, everybody saw what they saw last season and wonder why that's not being repeated. But they forget about the, the, the last two uh, – two of the last three games, how they, how he was basically rendered uh, as a non-factor.
7: Mike, what's going on with the, uh, the lack of targets for Kyron Lacey early on in the season so far?
5: Well, he's dropping balls again. Um, uh, he had multiple – receivers drop balls uh him Shelton Sampson uh Brian Thomas um I mean there were multiple passes in that Florida State game that could have been you know touchdowns. a pivotal third down that Lacey uh dropped in in that game uh resulted in in a punt and so um that position like the running back spot is loaded with numbers and quality athletes and I think at some point um you know, you 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 start penalizing guys for for dropping balls. If you're gonna sit John Emery down uh, because he he puts the ball on the ground, um, you, w- why don't you do the same for wide receivers? Um, you, you've got some really really young, uh, some good young ones right behind them, um, and and I, and, I, and I'd like to see Aaron Anderson get more involved in the offense.
6: Mike, you mentioned talking to folks in Alabama today. Is there a feeling around the SEC that maybe some of the leagues have taken, I wouldn't say a chunk, but some nibbles out of them that are maybe uh, showing themselves now in the terms that the depth isn't there as much as it has been in the past? Um, I, I think
5: so. Uh, I, I, I think a lot of it, too, is who has the, uh, the marquee quarterbacks But there's no doubt that the transfer portal is is also even some things out. And um, I I know in LSU's case, um, we're also seeing where there's been multiple positions in the state of Louisiana that that, um, particularly deepens the fact that the the state hasn't been producing uh, the the, the type of guys there. whereas the position that this state usually doesn't produce offensive linemen, it is producing. So I think there might be a cynical thing hit there. Um, but I, I, if you want to look at LSU and Alabama and start to draw some conclusions, I think they're both unique situations. But it's looking at Nick Saban and, and what they've got left on the schedule and that quarterback spot there and and – a lot of people wondering, could this be the beginning of the end? Um, I immediately last Saturday night said, when was the last time he lost a game this early in September? And uh, I was right; it was uh, when he was at LSU. Uh, it's been that long. So, what does that set up for him the, the rest of the way? Could he lose to an Ole Miss or an LSU and and have a three loss season? Uh, I think he has a three loss season, and and, that, and he could very well retire if he doesn't think he's got. Uh, some guys uh, coming up in, 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 in 24 or 25 that can give them a chance to go out on top and, and make a run at a title.
6: Uh, uh, I think that's very real. So, um, I mean, there are there are positives. You know, like everybody, you know, not to be negative, this is still a team that, that most people think is going to be really good in LSU. Um, what do they have to do against Mississippi State to get their swagger back?
5: Um, Look, the the line was – last I saw was nine and a half. I think, you know, you you can beat that team by a a dozen or or at least a a couple of scores um, and and start to show some signs of life on that defensive front and uh, not give up as many big plays in the secondary. Um, They're still trying to find the right combination of defensive backs. But you've got to have some rush off the edge. And, you, and Mason Smith needs to find his way and be the guy that everybody thinks he can be, as well as Savion Jones and obia Gofu and, and 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 others. It's um, uh, until that defense starts to uh, show that they can actually uh, hunker down and, and force some three and outs here and there and and um, play a solid pass defense, uh, you, you you're going to have a bunch of nervous uh, folks here, but. This team could absolutely have the same, uh, path as last year where you lose to Florida State and you go on and, and, and pile together a bunch of wins and, and then all of a sudden in November, you, you're, you know, you have the possibility for some bigger things. Um, uh, you, you don't have a Tennessee, uh, in the middle of the schedule. You got a trip to Missouri instead. Um, but you do have a lot of road games. So, um, They've got to play better defensively. Um, you, you've got folks over here fantasizing about uh, Baylor and Aranda cutting ties and could Aranda get back to Baton Rouge somehow. Uh, Matt House has k- taking a lot of arrows.
6: Yeah, uh, look, I, I, I think it's too early. I, I, didn't, mean to... To drop, I didn't mean to drop
5: that, uh, that, that bomb on you. Look, but, look, uh,
6: I, we, look, it's too early to even speculate about that right now, Mike, but – Uh, look, if you read our message board, it's not for them, (laughs) but I just tell you from an administration standpoint, like it's too early to even speculate on something like that. But, but yeah, they like Baylor has a tough, like as tough of a schedule as you can imagine for them coming up and the way that they've played, even going back to last year where they're on a six game skid now. Yeah. I mean that, you know, I know that the struggles will sit there and hope that, uh, he would pop back to, uh, to Baton Rouge, uh. And, and do that. I, I I also think that there's there's people in in Los Angeles that think that he might come home and and want to take that job if things go south because uh, the defense at, at USC cost them another shot at a national title. Yeah.
5: So. Well, um, like you said, it's early, but uh, people are already starting to um, uh, topics and subjects that you would have thought were untouchable. Um, uh, criticism of Brian Kelly by actual LSU fans and not uh, talking heads out of state has it, it, been, um, you know, is he playing too much golf? It, it, we've been getting everything on our shows.
6: Yeah, well, I mean, again, it's it's very early. You, they can get hot, Mike. Mike, enjoy the night. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, and uh, and and let's see what happens against Mississippi State. All of a sudden, the the Renaissance could begin again. You never know. All right. All right. All right, Paul. Have a good weekend, man. Talk soon. All right. That's Mike Scarborough, TigerBait.com. He's a good friend of the show. And we have a a, a, uh, a group text with me and him and Smokey that's hilarious. I'll mm. just tell you. It is not for public consumption, but it's hilarious. Oh, I bet. I bet it's a weak content. <laughs> <laughs> it is hilarious. When we come back, Grayson Grutenhaver, Sigm365.com. How is Baylor's dip affecting recruiting? And how do they get out of this scattershot version of what they've been of a different problem every single week? Also, later in the show, I have a new show that comes on a couple hours before this one, The Triple Option. It runs uh, from 1 to 2 p.m., Monday through Thursday. And then we'll probably add it back on Fridays once the solo run of, of the main show is over. But... Our Pick'Em segment has punishments, and we doled out two of them yesterday, and I want you guys to see that segment because Levi Caraway had to be in a porta potty and you can see, if you want to see Garrett in full Bama gear for – well, I mean, he was there the whole show, but about 17, 18 minutes, eh, maybe a little less time in the segment, but about, about 15 minutes in the segment – it's there in all its glory. So it's horrible. That's coming up later in the show. This is 365 Sports.
12: I'm <laughs> not Riverbend Liquor & Wine now has two locations to serve
6: you. The original on Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street and the brand new spot in downtown Waco at 600 Franklin Avenue. If you're looking for the best in craft beers or local Texas bourbons, then the original is the place to be. And for the latest trends and online phenomenons, head downtown to the Franklin location. Either way, you're going to get the same great variety, customer service, and speedy experience. Check out both locations on their Facebook and Instagram pages. And if you can't make it to Riverbend, DoorDash is available to bring it to you. You Riverbend Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street, and now downtown on Franklin Avenue.
10: Do you or your kids get nervous about going to the dentist? Stonewood Dental, Dr. Steve Childress, he can help. I've spent a career taking care of patients who as children had bad experiences, and now they're adults that hate going to the dentist.
5: If I get a kid at three years old and they come every six months, and it's a happy experience, it's normal for them. Now they have an accident at six or seven or eight at school. Now they have a broken tooth or a trauma. And they have to come here. They're used to lights. They're used to the water in their mouth. They're used to experience. They already trust us. It's amazing what we can do with that kid without it being a negative thing. But if I see a six or seven or eight-year-old that's never been to the dentist, and now they have a trauma or an unfortunate, unexpected toothache, it's harder to do that for that kid and it not be somewhat of a negative experience. So bottom line is I try to teach kids and adults and teenagers and everybody,
10: the way i'd want my family treated which is where it's a necessary part of life you just take care of it it doesn't have to be that big a deal learn more stonewood-dental.com
11: johnson realtors guide you seamlessly through the process of buying your dream home or selling your current one commercial farm and ranch or residential camille johnson realtors can smoothly and successfully lead you through any transaction with a team of 28 experienced agents who are excited about serving you camille johnson realtors services the entire greater waco area if you're in the market to buy or sell contact camille johnson realtors 104 midway center in woodway or find them online at www.camillejohnson.com camille johnson realtors elegant charming warm. Welcome home.
10: Stepping into a new pair of boots is great, but stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can also add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. There are more than 150 occupational specialties to help them find the best fit for their future. See all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. The 365
3: Sports Friday Show is presented by Bird Culchin Ford and the U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company.
6: Welcome back to 365 Sports. Paul Catalina, Grayson Grudhafer, Sikkim365.com recruiting analyst. And Grayson, uh, this, they're mired in a six-game losing streak. And look, you almost got your flowers last week as they almost pulled off a huge upset uh, of Utah that did not happen. They are, Baylor is on a six-game skid dating back to last year, and all six games are different. How do they get out of this funk this week against LIU notwithstanding because that's a game that while they should get a little confidence back, it's not one that really is probably going to show us a whole lot about who they are.
13: I mean, yeah, that's very true, Paul. I mean, just the simple fact that LIU is the worst team by far that they've played during this stretch. But on the flip side, you know, you got to break losing streaks, And so it doesn't really matter, honestly, who it is against. I think this team needs to kind of just – you know, remember winning again. You know what I mean? Like that is a big deal. And that is something that does take time. And we saw, you know, even last weekend against Utah, we saw a team that I don't, that I think you can tell has not won in a while. And being able to finish games, being able to close out opponents. And when you're given an opportunity to win games, you take advantage of it. And Baylor wasn't able to do that despite having a double-digit lead in the second half, despite, you know, pretty much dominating that game through three quarters, but being unable to do the little things like scoring touchdowns in the red zone and taking advantage when you get opportunities to put an opponent away. They couldn't do that. So I do think this week is very important as far as a team morale standpoint, as far as coming out and actually winning a game and also working on things, right? I mean, we saw Baylor play a really bad game against Texas state and then have to turn around and play a top 10 team in Utah and I know people may say oh they're they're not a top 10 team with those quarterbacks okay but if you look at the rankings they are they're like number 12 in the country right now and when they get Cam Rising back that's going to be a Pac-12 contender so Baylor kind of got thrown into the fire a little bit and I thought performed really well but now you got to be able to stack week can you come out this week with the same intensity same focus put Long Island away by halftime and then go into next week against Texas with at least a little bit of momentum a little bit of more of a, an idea of who you are, a true identity of a team, and then come out and be able to stack that performance.
3: How
6: nervous are you about Sawyer Robertson's ankle? Not in so far as he's not going to play, but like he's, he had a little bit of an injury last week. They still, they've got to play this game this week, and if he's hurt at all and misses any time, then they're going to have a little bit of time with a third-string walk-on as their quarterback as they jump into the teeth of their schedule.
13: Well, I I mean, I guess I'll start with Sawyer in that regard. I think he's going to be fine this week. I do think it was more of a tweak and more of a a low ankle sprain. You know, high ankle sprains usually take a lot longer to heal. This one doesn't seem like it was something severe. and seems like it was something uh, more of the low ankle sprain variety. So I I think he's going to be fine. You know, maybe they don't run him as much this week, which truthfully they shouldn't need to. They should be able to turn around and hand the ball off, run RBO run Dominic Richardson, run with Richard Reese, run with even the freshman running backs as well. Um, So I'm not too worried about it from that standpoint. And as far as the Texas game, if he is asked to be the starting quarterback for that game, I think he's probably going to be very close to 100%. Now, if he does have issues or if something does happen, or even if they just are blowing out Long Island by halftime, I do think that we will see some R.J. Martinez in this game. And RJ's a good player. I know he's a walk-on, but he started two years at Northern Arizona. And while that's not an FBS team, it's an FCS team. He was very, very competitive and very solid there. And they're playing an FCS team this week. So I don't think he's going to have any problem making plays and getting through this matchup. But you are right. For the Texas game, they're going to need either a healthy Sora Robertson or maybe a healthy Blake Chapin. As Dave Brandis said uh, this week, that he's just listed as questionable Uh, which was not something that we had heard originally. It seemed like it was going to be more so you know, maybe questionable for the UCF game, but to hear that the timeline has maybe moved up a little bit is rather interesting.
6: So, Grayson, how has this six-game skid affected recruiting, if it has yet?
13: I think that a lot of times people look at just kind of little portions and little windows and decide that they're going to turn it into kind of like this thing that's truly impacting the entire program into where it's just they're unable to function recruiting they're unable to function on the field all these different things but to be honest there's ebbs and flows with every program and so I don't think that this it has really drastically impacted anything from a recruiting standpoint they're still recruiting the same guys that they were they're still after the same guys that they were and they still have interest from the same guys that they you know had that original interest in and had on official visits and They still haven't lost commits uh, in this recent time period either. So, you know, for me, the more that I look at it, the more that I think, hey, you know what, I think things are going to be just fine for them to close out this class. Um, I will also say I don't believe that Austin Novosad, you know, his decision to go to Oregon was necessarily just indicative on Baylor struggling at the end of the year. Uh, There were other factors at play there. So in general, I don't think it's done a whole lot. Um, It definitely hasn't propelled them forward. Uh, by any means, but I don't think it's really set them back too much either. They just need to get things, you know, kind of turning in the right direction. Because as we all know, you do have to win games to recruit at a high level, especially if you are Baylor. So if you come out this year and you end up, you know, three and nine or four and eight, yeah, maybe that's, you know, that that's not good, and that could definitely impact things. But if they're able to, you know, turn things around, make a bowl game, something along those lines, I really don't think you're going to see too many ill effects from it
6: how much do you think that I mean this is kind of a tenuous time obviously you got to win games but recruiting wise they're they're in a bit of a a, a, a I don't want to say a dead zone but like they're in this they're stuck in the middle of you know some schools could turn on the NIL faucet like right away and and make sure that that was taken care of and I don't think that's the biggest deal but a school like Baylor's smaller so there has to be more incremental steps to where a school like A&M is just like, oh yeah, we were doing this back in the 80s. Like you would not believe just dust off this old play playbook for it as where it wasn't the same way at, at, at Baylor. Uh, and, you know, the they've got their one year down on the transfer portal. I think they you know, obviously went more in this year and got over a dozen transfers, but, you know, didn't use it a year ago, and that 's probably hurting them a bit now, especially for those guys who would be kind of helping them more right now, so they 're in this little weird spot when it comes to recruiting where they 're trying to build up, but it 's not easy just to to turn things on and off
13: yeah, I think that's definitely true and and I think you know kind of they're working with a lot of things and a lot of factors right now, so obviously Baylor loves the commits that they have in his class, but this class is going to be smaller. And so when you look at recruiting rankings, yeah, they might not be a top two team or a top three team. They're, gonna, they're looking at the bottom of the conference, I know, right now. But they're not going to take very many commits this cycle, and that's by design. And so, you know, if they get to 20, I would be a little surprised. I think it's going to be more around like 17 or 18, which means not very many spots left. And a big reason for that is they have their primary targets. They have the guys that they're looking at. And they're really focused on those guys. But then the second part is the transfer portal. They have to make sure that there's plenty of room for them to go into the transfer portal and evaluate talent and bring talent onto this roster. Because I think we saw this year a shift. They took a lot of transfers. And I do think by the end of the year, we're going to look at that and say, wow, you know, those transfers really helped. They did a lot for this team. But I will also say there were opportunities to take more advantage of the transfer portal. And I don't believe and I think Baylor you know, simply did not take advantage of it. And if you look at certain areas, I mean, if Baylor had one more offensive lineman who was a transfer, they'd probably be Texas State because they just simply were not good up front. And they made changes for the second game, and it definitely helped them against Utah. But if you had an experienced veteran uh, on the offensive line added, you might have won that game. And so that's one instance, or, you know, the Ajani Carter part of it. You know, if they had another cornerback, that definitely would have helped against Texas State as well and maybe against Utah. So there's a lot of areas that I think we look at and feel like they probably could have addressed. And I think next offseason, you're going to see them probably take even more of an aggressive approach to the transfer portal, uh, even though I do think they took a pretty aggressive one this year.
6: Yeah, you know, look, like a couple players can swing things either way. Look, Sam Hartman going to Notre Dame might swing things away from – a school like Alabama this year just because they weren't able to get a good quarterback. So it's not just Baylor who's dealing with, you know, missed out on one or two transfers and now their, their program is, is, is stuck a little bit.
13: Yeah, you're exactly right. And I mean, it, like I said, it's very simple. You watch the Texas state game and I mean, you can't tell me that if they had a veteran pretty good offensive lineman added to the roster for that game, that they don't win that game. Like they just, they simply could not block at all in that game. And then, Also, if they had taken another secondary player like a Najani Carter, again, like they literally, they couldn't stop a pass. They couldn't get off the field on third down. You have another guy like that playing safety or corner. It could have made all the difference in the world. So you're exactly right. Those things can impact games. As we've seen through the first two games, if you had another transfer here, another transfer there, I do think you could make a reasonable argument that Baylor's sitting here at 2-0.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Grayson Grunhafer, dot 365com recruiting analyst. Grayson, have a good time of the game tomorrow. We'll talk to you next week.
13: Thank you very much, guys. Have a great weekend.
6: Grayson Grunhafer coming up next. Zach Barnett, footballscoop.com, also has a new, if you're in Dallas uh, and like The Ticket, they has a new show uh, on Saturdays on The Ticket, Zach Barnett, Uh, um, like America's premier sports talk radio station, really. Yep. The, The Ticket. Uh, they they pioneered the the industry in that regard. We're gonna come back with him. This is three sixty five sports.
12: you mm-hmm.
11: see an equal housing lender
10: it's another time to speak with Samantha Duval from TexasBeefHouse.com, handles the marketing and someone that you will talk to a lot when you do call for the great product of the Texas-raised Wagyu beef. It's college football season, tailgating, it's a big deal. People love to put beef and pork and chicken, et cetera, on the grill. Let me know what you have.
8: We've got everything. If you've got a morning game, you can get our breakfast sausage or our bacon. You can tailgate with some breakfast tacos if you've got an afternoon or evening. Games. game. We, of course, got our hamburger patties, their half-pound patties, four patties to a package, and we even have jalapeno and cheese patties. They're amazing. They'll blow your mind. Just that extra flavor, not too spicy. They have a high-heat cheese, so they don't melt on the grill, and our patties don't shrink up on the grill either. Anytime you order, use our code SICKEM10 to get 10% off your order of $100
10: or more. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house, when you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, that's Samantha. Anthony Duvall, TexasBeefHouse.com.
6: Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby is a homegrown, locally owned pizza place that's out of this world. Everything from the dough, the sauce, the sausage topping is made fresh in house. Not to mention the amazing pizza pillows, the chicken wings are to die for. Try the Sikkim sauce, chili cheese fries, or tots, plus great specials on food and drink every single day. Shorty's is also the perfect spot to watch the game with your friends. Shorty's Pizza Shack at 12th and Bagby. Tell them Paul sent you by.
10: Did you know that one out of every four men have symptomatic low levels of testosterone and don't even know it? And if you think you're too young to worry about it, guess again. Low T levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, raise your cholesterol, and cause weight gain. Petty Clinic Low T can set up same-day blood screening and results. So if you're tired of being tired, call or go online at PettyClinicLowT.com. It's a private clinic with an atmosphere catering to men. Affordable, only $165 a month, including lab work, office consultation, testosterone injections, and follow-up visits. Compared to to $300 or more a month in Dallas or Austin, and you don't have to drive 90 miles one way or the other and fight the traffic. Petty Clinic Low T has board-certified physician consultations and will provide the best form of brand spring testosterone. Contact Petty Clinic Low T for increased energy, improvement in sexual desire, and performance, mood, concentration, even a decrease in body and belly fat. Just off Highway 84 and Old Hewitt Drive in Woodway, PettyClinicLowTee.com.
1: 365 sports powered by Sikkim365.com
3: the four o'clock hour is sponsored by Boozer's Jewelers the wedding ring store specializing in custom jewelry and repair all in-house now here's Paul Catalina welcome in the Friday show the smokes are
6: off doing high school football midway versus Rockwall on the Sikkim 365 app tonight also Garrett will be leaving us shortly to go set up for China Spring versus Connelly, also on the Sikkim 365 app and on Sikkim365.com. Zach Barnett, footballscoop.com, one of my favorite guests to have. And, Zach, uh, let's talk about it right off the bat. As a radio guy myself, any time that the ticket launches a new thing or somebody gets a gig at the ticket, it's a big deal. Uh, It is, you know, the – the kind of, I don't want to say it's not the complete founding home, but they were pioneers in the, in the way of sports talk radio, so everything's always interesting. Congratulations on your new show on Saturdays on the Ticket.
14: Thank you very much, Paul. I appreciate that. You know, I've been, uh, I've been listening to the Ticket for close to 25 years now, and so to, to be a, a small part of that team is, honestly, it, it, it's overwhelming. So the fact that this is actually happening has been a dream come true.
6: So how can people listen to that show if they want to? I mean, we have a national audience. They can tune in and stream it. So let them know where they can find it. Yeah, so we're on 10 to noon,
14: uh, central time, obviously, uh, on days when uh, SMU doesn't play at 11. So Mm -hmm. that's the asterisk. Mm -hmm. But we'll be on 10 to noon uh, tomorrow. Uh, You can listen to us on the, the sports day dfw app sports day dfw download that and you'll be able to tune us in live
6: there you go uh and zach uh there's this is schedule wise and i know that in prepping for your show tomorrow and and doing columns this week you know that this is not the week that next week is which is it's it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet of unbelievable games next saturday uh that we have this week is more of a we'll call it a transitional week in the schedule uh so Naturally, some of the the stories that pop up are kind of ridiculous, like the sunglasses thing, or kind of more interesting. In we talked about early, uh, Jalen Milrow not going to start. Tyler Buckner is against USF. Where do you think Nick Saban is on this? Because I don't think he has a panic meter like everybody else does, but on the concern level of how this season's going to to go.
14: Um, I I, I don't think Nick is concerned at all. I think I think he to continue coaching with how rich he is and, and how full his title case is, you have to love, you know, I'm gonna borrow one of his words, the process and, and getting into the, the the dirt and the grime with every team and, and seeing what problems arise and then solving those problems. So you know, I, I think a season like twenty nineteen where they didn't make the playoff but you had to navigate two of the three was probably more satisfying or just as satisfying as 2020 when they, they mowed everyone down to the national championship. So that's a long way of saying, I think, uh, I I think if, if Tyler Buckner goes out and plays well, he'll be happy. If Tyler Buckner does not go out and play well, um, he'll roll his sleeves up and continue tinkering to find a solution. Um, If Buckner doesn't play well, uh, you you could maybe see Jalen Milrow back in there. Uh, No one seems enamored with Ty Simpson, the former five-star that's been there a couple years. Now, uh, Dylan Longergan, I'm sure I'm saying his name on the true freshman, seems to be the most talented uh, quarterback in in Crimson right now, although it always seems to be the case that everyone falls in love with the freshman quarterback. Uh, So I guess we'll have to wait and see there. But I I think this is a – I don't think he's panicked at all, and I, I think he has plans on plans on plans if it doesn't work out.
6: Do you think that the transfer portal has nibbled into the sec more than maybe even their coaches expected?
14: I think that's fair. Um, I mean, you look at, uh, you, you know, it, it's easy to say, well, um, the, the, the sec, it's a warning sign because so many transfers are starting. Uh, but the pac 12 is thriving. It's just about every uh, good quarterback in that conference is a transfer. So, I don't think necessarily the fact that they're playing transfers is the problem. It's just they they didn't seem to get any of the good ones. Like Graham Mertz basically lost his job at Wisconsin. Uh, Peyton Thorne, uh, I guess, was a starter at Michigan State, but wasn't ever, you know, he didn't exactly light the world on fire. And he had uh, Keon Daniels, Coleman. Daniels. Yeah, uh, they didn't get Keon Coleman exactly. Keon Coleman's a, a seminal and not a, not a not a Gator, not a Crimson Tide. Uh, Jane Daniels, I think, is is pretty good. To, uh, so, th- the best quarterback in that conference is probably KJ Jefferson. So, uh, I guess in that light, it's not surprising that they're underperforming. Uh,
6: the Jay Norvell Deion Sanders sunglass fight, uh, which here's why I think it's silly for Jay Norvell. He is trying to beat Dion in his own game. And if it works, then I'll back off what I've said all week and say, hey, Great move, you distracted Dion Sanders, but this seems to have worked out. Dion can take lemons and make lemonade out of him really, really well, and i don't I don't know what Jay Norvell was thinking so where's where's your stance on
15: all that
14: yeah it it seems like if uh the writers had written this line for him to prop himself up to look like a fool. Because I can't imagine uh i mean this is just the most kindergarten thing. To try and get under Dion's skin. He he wears his hat and sunglasses too much. Like that's the, the lamest attempt at, at smack talk out there. I'm sure there's there's lines that he could have said to actually get under Dion's skin if that was his goal. Um, you know, there's there's questions about how much does Dion really care about his players? Is he in this for himself? You know, is he gonna be gone from Colorado at the first opportunity? You know, he could have gone in, in, in that. Toward, down that road and probably uh, actually drawn some blood from Dion, but this was just a pathetic attempt. And uh, if 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 Colorado State plays like Jay Norvell, Matt Cox, it's going to be seventy to nothing at halftime.
6: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, absolutely. Uh, all right, Zach. What is the sneaky good game of this weekend that we we've already kind of talked about? Comparatively, is a bit of a dud when it comes to to big time matchups.
14: Yeah, I mean, I heard what you said at the start, and you're, you're absolutely right, Paul. And it's especially a dud in this area because everybody had big games uh, last week. So basically everybody's taken this week off at, except for uh, TCU Houston. But uh the game that I'm going to have my eye on that I probably wouldn't otherwise is, is K-State-Missouri. I know everybody's down on Missouri because they barely beat Middle Tennessee last week. And K-State looked really good uh, against Troy. And a really solid win by almost 30 points. But um, if, if I if I'm taking one upset, it's, it's Mizzou over K State. Mizzou's been really good at home, really good against the spread at home. Uh, they nearly beat Georgia at home last year when no one saw them doing that. So that's the one that I, I'm going to have on my clicker.
6: <laughs> Mizzou, Mizzou, it needs something too. Like they need a, a juicy win for Eli Drinkwitz, which is another thing. Like this one, this one would be the first one he's been able to get, like, they, they had Georgia against the ropes last year, and obviously that didn't happen, but they need something like a spark win for him, don't they?
14: Yeah, Mizzou has long been my answer for the hypothetical question that I made up, such as if, if one Power 5 program just stopped playing football and nobody mentioned it at all, like the average, it would take the average college football fan the longest to notice that Mizzou has stopped playing football because they're they're just in no man's land in the SEC. They have no rival uh their their only historical significance is crazy losses, like they just kind of exist. And I, I think I think they e- they easily get get lost in the in the shuffle even as an SEC team. So yeah, they they need something to get people's attention.
6: What do you sense is different about this year's version of Texas to the other previous Texas is back versions of Texas?
14: Uh I mean I think it's they got really good players and really good coaches. And they have a lot of veteran players uh, that have been playing for the same coaches for three years now. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I think you could chart how many times since 2010 has any single position had the same coach for three years in a row or the same coordinator for three years in a row, and it probably hasn't happened. And, I mean, Steve Sarkeesian is the best offensive coordinator they've maybe ever had. Pete Kwiatkowski is the best defense coordinator they've maybe ever had, and they have – 12 guys that I think are going to at least be in NFL training camps next year, not to mention, you know, you know, guys that could be first-round picks down the line like Calvin Banks and Anthony Hill, and, you know, not to mention, even then, Arch Manning. So, I mean, they, they've got really good players and really good coaches, and they've got a system in place, and they've got belief, and the, the strength coach has been there for three years now. So it's, it it it's surprising only if you haven't been paying attention.
6: You know, um, the um... – the saying uh, goes, you can make chicken crap in a chicken salad. They were doing it the other way, you know, when it came to recruiting for a long time. And yeah, I remember it, like before the draft last year, just seeing kind of the stat of like the play- teams with the most players in the league. And for a long time, the Texas Longhorns would be on that list. And there were just so few over this decade of them, where they just had they just weren't getting guys drafted, especially the last few years of Tom Herman. That now, like you mentioned, that they've got twelve guys who are going to be on training camp rosters next year. That is not something that they were able to say during the the darkest days of this of this skid.
14: No, I, I think if you trace back to, to twenty ten, it was you know the, the last years of Mack. He was constantly changing coordinators and changing philosophies, they were changing presidents, changing ADs, changing coaches and you know they've got a president on board that's going to be that you know is all in behind football and it's going to be there a while. The board chairman's all in on football are going to be there a while. They got one of the best ADs in, in the uh, country in Chris Del Conte. They, you know year three under their head coach, year three same offensive system, year three same defensive system, year three same strength and conditioning system and they've recruited really well and so if you're recruiting well, but you're ch- constantly changing things within the building, you know, it's going to lead to higher attrition, higher misses. Um, So the, they've got a foundation in place that can allow, you know, the players that they've recruited to, to actually thrive and uh, live up to their billing.
6: Zach Barnett, footballscoop.com. Zach, this has also been a week where, and we had John Bryce uh, on the other day talking. He's done a great job for you guys covering the the Mel Tucker situation. Um, that's been going on. Um, you know, that is that is such a, a really, I mean, there's so many things about it. Like, it was dumb for Mel Tucker to get involved in it. Um, it was Michigan State, once again, handled this about as poorly as you could. Mark Dantonio is back, even though they seem to forgot why he retired in the first place, which was because of things like this. Um, what is the future for them if they don't get out of their own way? Um, that's
14: a great question. Uh, I mean, the Doug Samuels on our staff is a, a Michigan State guy, and you know he's been clear from the jump that. Mel Tucker is done because, in light of the Larry Nasser scandal that they had there, like there's obviously should be zero tolerance for this sort of behavior from the head coach at any school, but especially Michigan State. And so, yeah, the, the fact that they're trying to paper this over as, um, yeah, we knew about this, but we didn't know about it until the USA Today report, but the investigation's been going since December and blah, blah, blah. It, obviously does not paint the picture of an AD in a university that has ducks in a row. And so, um, you know, th- this could be a situation where it, it leads to a, a tailspin for the football program, or it could be a situation in the transfer portal where if they go out and make a, a great hire, they could have 70 new players with their all their Big Ten money and be really good again next year. Like, uh, either one of those seems possible, although the the, the the latter seems more likely, or the former seems more likely than the latter.
6: Zach Barnett, footballscoop.com. Zach, thanks so much for hopping on with me today. Uh, love it when we ever get to talk to you. You guys have a great website. Uh, and good luck. Uh, have fun in the show tomorrow. Thank you. All right, Zach Barnett, footballscoop.com. And on the ticket, Sports Day DFW app. So download that. Listen to his show if, you, if you'd if like. It's on the kind of the same time as our show is tomorrow. A little Well, it's kind of after because we're – A
7: little after, I think. Yeah, yeah.
6: we're – I mean, like, we'll overlap a little bit. But, like, we're 9 to 10.30 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. On KWTX, and then next week we'll be on the CW. It'll be a little bit different. We're going to go four to five thirty instead of four thirty to six, but four to five thirty next week on the CW before Baylor versus Texas.
7: I like that. I think it gives us a little more leeway to get to the stadium.
6: Yeah, yeah, a little good. more leeway. Yeah, it's it's going to absolutely because that one's going to be a nightmare. A nightmare. Yeah, even we are a stone's throw from the the stadium. Honestly, we're probably two what two golf holes? You would think. Uh,
7: yeah, yeah, like probably a, casual like too. A
6: couple par, a couple par fours. Yeah, maybe a par four and a short par five away from the stadium. Uh, but it will like if you hit, we have to go out of here and turn left, correct, to get to the stadium. If you leave our studio and turn left, if you hit it right, you can be there in ninety seconds. If you don't, it's like twenty minutes. Yeah. Because the of the of the traffic cops and all, so
7: it's an interesting trek over there, to say the least.
6: Yeah, it's not. I'm and look, the basketball arena is just over the river that way.
7: Like I'm even
6: I'm, even probably
7: technically like
6: it maybe even like as close if you could walk across water.
7: I I'm a little nervous about the basketball arena. And the parking situation. I'm really on board with Jack. Like, I think we need a couple of scooters, like just some serviceable studio scooters. Brian, Colt, Ashley, some some scooters. Like That'd be cool, se- like
6: a Segway or like a Lime scooter. Yeah. What would you probably? Prefer- ooh. A lime oh, Lime scooter. I mean, lime, definitely Lime. I hate those things. Why? Why you like a Segway. What? You no, I don't. I, mean, I just don't like. I'm not. I just don't. Here's the deal. I I was in Salt Lake City a few years ago when Baylor played and I was convinced by several other media members to let's get lime scooters today. It was the most annoying thing.
7: You did it wrong.
6: I, mean, I did it wrong. Like you can go, like you can ride the scooter downtown anywhere for about, especially in salt Lake where there's cars coming. Like I saved myself maybe two minutes from walking because you just have to you- go and stop and go and stop and go and stop. <sighs>
7: I think you need to come with me because look, dude, th- there's all sorts of little, you can find little nooks trails. You can find some cool jumps. Like I found an abandoned parking garage behind the KFC yum center at night in, in Louisville. And we were just up there riding around and had the whole thing to ourselves. We had the interstate going right there. Like there's, there's cool ways to do it, man. You just, you just I'll need just, to be with the right crew. I'll just
6: tell you, I, I thought it was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. I, and I've done some dumb, dumb, dumb stuff. Uh, I just like it was so annoying, and then like I just like oh wee, okay gotta stop oh wee, gotta stop just oh, we gotta stop. I don't get hit like. Look, there are many ways that I think would be like cool to die. Uh-huh. You're know, like fighting a lion, or you know
7: that's pretty like, noble. Sa-
6: like like saving like a busload of, of of school children, mm-hmm. like those things. But getting hit by a Volkswagen Beetle while you're riding a Lime scooter in downtown Salt Lake City is on like near the bottom of my list. At
7: as somebody who has been hit on their bike by a truck, um, I would agree it's not very fun. Yeah, but you have a cool story at the end of the day. Yeah, there's always that. <laughs> yeah, <No. laughs>
6: sir. Blah blah blahs. We should bring gladi- gladi- gladiators. Like at least you're like Gladiator's a pretty awful thing to have to be if you've seen the movie or read about how it was. But at least when they tell the story of your life, you're like, "Well, went out fighting a lion."
7: Exactly. He gave the lion as much as he could. Just <laughs> get a shot in. I think you'll be all right.
6: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I like. But again, there's, there are ways. I just those lime scooters. I'm very much like, uh, if you if anybody in the chat room has ever seen Kirby Enthusiasm, there's a scene at the beginning of the season a couple years ago where he was just walking down the street shoving them over <laughs> like <laughs> he walked down the street just knocking them over <laughs> somebody walked in front of him with a selfie stick he just broke it over his leg and handed it back to him <laughs> like that's that was that was as me as I, like, would truly like to be sometimes mm-hmm. as I'd ever seen portrayed on screen by someone else. And then I thought, like, I don't know if there's a good thing, but, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, Lime Scooters. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, They are, and they are absolutely. You're right. They're everywhere. Like, you go, there's Limes. There's a couple of companies, but Lime Scooters are the ones. Lime's
7: I've, the one. That's my f- Bird, I think. I think. So. Yeah. Yeah.
6: They've got enough free advertising for them.
7: Yeah sponsors uh,
6: spot like sponsor us and convert me lime i can be bought exactly i i don't have that many <laughs> scruples uh, all right when we come back uh we'll kind of run down some of the games uh this weekend uh and and what we think of them uh and then um at five o'clock we've got sam bradshaw he's going to break down some what he calls maddening things that happened in the uh baylor and uh, utah game as they welcome in liu tomorrow and then at 5 30 our pickup segment for the triple option. I just I need to cross promote our show, but I do want you guys to see it. Uh, it was really hilarious. We had a good time uh, doing it. Um, Pierre Newsom from Fox Nine Minneapolis uh, is our regular Thursday co-host. Uh, he he was up there on Zoom, and then we had Levi and a porta potty and Garrett decked out pretty much head to toe in Alabama gear, uh, which was one of the funniest things I've I've experienced in this studio. This is three sixty five sports.
11: How did Edward Jones become one of the biggest financial service companies in the world? By not acting that way. Financial strategies, one-on-one advice, it's a big difference. And that's why Brad Wilson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, makes sense of investing. Experience the difference for yourself. Brad Wilson, 250 Sharon Drive in Woodway, 254-776-4337. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
0: There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marcos Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marcos.com to order and stop by Marcos Pizza in Belmede, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marcos, pizza lovers get it. Waco
10: Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full service butcher shop and bakery. Hi, this is David Smoke. The Butcher Shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon-wrapped fillets to T-bone to bone and ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef and chicken fajitas and always large briskets available plus fresh vegetables so the great product customer service and family tradition of the bauer family continues at waco custom marketplace open monday through saturday a full service butcher shop and bakery available waco custom marketplace 425 lake air drive in waco or wacocustommarketplace.com Automatic Chef Canteen is a full-service micromarket vending and office coffee provider with state-of-the-art vending equipment, a wide variety of products, and offering custom-fitted micromarket vending office coffee solutions for your employee break room. You want a full break room solution and a workplace oasis? Well, Automatic Chef Canteen, locally owned and operated for over 50 years
11: in Central Texas, also includes in-house mechanics on call 24-7 for fast, reliable service and maintenance. Automatic Chef Canteen, 6900 and Imperial
10: Drive in Waco or online at automaticchefcanteen.com. Don Humidor, you're home with a 48-foot walk-in humidor with the elite cigar brands from around the world, including the number one cigar of the year aging room, Cuatro, Nicaragua. Plus, they have the great brands like Macanudo and Arturo Fuente, Rocky Patel, Aston, and so much more. CBD, great for sore muscles, aches and pains, sleep, vital dreams, and anxiety, mild depression, general health and wellness. Their staff very knowledgeable on the subject. Anyone is curious about CBD, ask Carolyn Ashley. Don Schumanor in the Townwood Shopping Center
3: off Valley Mills in Waco. The 365 Sports Friday Show is presented by Bird, Culchin, Ford and the U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company. Welcome back.
6: Jack McKenzie joins me now as Garrett is off to his producing duties for high school and color commentary duties for high school football tonight. Jack, um, you know, uh, going through the schedule this week, there are, like we said, it's it's not the rosiest of schedules. You know, next week is, I mean, just by comparison, next week, when you get into what is, you know, week four of the college football season, um you know friday night wisconsin at purdue i know you're a purdue guy Yeah, that game is very intriguing to me um huge very intriguing boise state and san diego state boise state starts out zero and two but they may be one of the better zero and two teams i i think in the country u.s Perhaps. yeah ucla and utah oregon state against wazoo uh cincinnati um uh, welcomes Oklahoma, and that could be interesting because Cincinnati could be better than we've given them credit for.
16: So we talk about next week. We talk about this. No, week. I'm
6: just trying to compare it. So FSU, Clemson, Auburn, A and M, Ole Miss, and Bama, Colorado, and Oregon. I mean, come on now. Like I'm, who am I might leave it. Um, Iowa and Penn State, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Kansas State, UCF.
16: Isn't Iowa and Penn State the uh, whiteout this year?
6: I think. Yeah, I believe so.
16: Like, so you got white out, man.
6: Yeah. So that's all next week. And then let's rewind and come back into the present as we had it. We had a fun little journey into the future.
16: <laughs> yeah. Next week should be fun.
6: <laughs> next week's gonna be really fun. This week, you know, look, Penn State, Illinois could be interesting in that Illinois is going to have a really good defense, but Penn State looks like they might be the best version of what James Franklin has kind of wanted them to be for a couple of years.
16: Yeah, I I really hope they don't get tripped up in this game because I, I'm looking at Penn State as someone that can make the back half of the season very fun as a neutral fan.
6: Well, I look, if you look at that, like Penn State, a team that could upset the – here's the thing, you have to wait for another blue blood to upset the, upset the apple cart in the Big Ten, but they could upset the apple cart of the Ohio State-Michigan run that's on right now.
16: Dear God, please.
6: (laughs) Dear God, please. Yeah, Um, LSU and Mississippi State, we had Mike Scarborough on earlier. This is a a nine-and-a-half-point spread here, but Mississippi State runs that wide-open offense with Will Rogers, the quarterback, and LSU's secondary hasn't been that good. So that's one that could get really interesting if LSU doesn't find who they believe that they are really quickly in that game.
16: Yeah, definitely. And uh, the game right below, at least looking at uh, ESPN's page, uh, Kansas State at Mizzou. That one, like you expect Kansas State to roll, but going into an SEC environment, like it's something you can't necessarily take for granted. So like, there are some interesting games this weekend. Now, will they still be interesting come halftime? That's
6: that's that's going to be tougher to tell. Yeah, but you know, look, Mizzou and Eli Drinkwitz—they need that signature win. They they need it. They, Absolutely, they, they need one. And team. Weirdly close against Georgia last year. Yeah, that could have really kind of created some excitement, but yeah, they need that signature win, and they just have not gotten it yet. They just have not gotten there. It is, it's strange. It's strange in that what Zach Barnett said about Mizzou is, I don't know if he's completely right on that. He said, Jack, I know you were editing something over there, but Zach said that if you took a team... And you just had them stop playing football games, yeah, forever. Like forever. Just it would take fans a minute to notice that they were gone, because Mizzou, while they've had these nice little, they've had a couple little, you know, peaks. They they're just kind of in the middle, even being in the SEC. So they need to create some long term excitement there um, that that people can remember. I mean, like they they played in SEC title games. You know, the they days played Big Twelve. Daniel, yeah, man, yeah. Who was that wide receiver they had?
16: Um,
6: golly, who was he? Because you, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, he was, and he was like a, their first big five star get. He had some problems.
16: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Not to derail it's it. It's gonna.
6: It's gonna. But, but yeah, like, they need. They yeah. need some excitement there because right they, now they're just kind of. Blah.
16: They're one of those, like I know they're not a brand brand, but on the triple option the other day, you were talking about the rebirth of brands, and I think it would be it's one of those cool things where it's like I've seen them up before in my lifetime. I, I kind of grew up as they were at their peak. Mm-hmm. And like it Kansas is coming back up. They need to schedule Kansas. They need to be coming up when they schedule Kansas, but uh, that could be
6: awesome. Lance Lipold is on a podcast the other day that John Anderson from ESPN and ABC John Anderson's on. And John Anderson, one of the many Mizzou grads who is high up in the media because they have a fantastic uh, journalism school there. But John Anderson, like, they like, and Lance Leipold was, like, uh, John Anderson said, hey, when's Mizzou on the schedule again? He said, well, it's supposed to be the Liberty Bowl, but you know how that <laughs> oh, panned out. Man. And I so, that. yeah, I, I think they need the to get shade. the border war going back again. I absolutely think they need to. I think that would rejuvenate that look I think it would reju- rejuvenate things and of course I'm all for cross-conference things you know and the amount of
16: I'm worried about the SEC and like how much they might look down or avoid the Big 12 mm-hmm. Garrett thinks that they will completely avoid scheduling the Big 12 at a certain point Um but I just know there's there's so much crossover in terms of history now with how many teams have have moved over from the Big 12 yeah. and how how much the region borders that? Like, I'm just interested to see how much the two conferences play each other.
6: Yeah, going I, forward, I, I I'm curious to see that because like what what's going to be the benefit to them? You know, I think their attitude will be like we are we are picking up. You know, the
16: that's what Garrett's getting at. Like is like, like
6: we're we're picking lifting them up, and it's it's not helping us at all. It
16: does so much more good for the Big Twelve. It's one of those like lose-lose situations where if if you're the SEC school, either you win and you're supposed to because you're the SEC school or you lose and, you know, you're supposed to win.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another game interesting uh, to me and maybe to me only, but in, as the SEC goes, South Carolina at Georgia. This is going to be the best team that Georgia's yeah. played yet. I don't know
16: I, why you put that into the picks this week for triple I just, option. Here's the
6: thing: Spencer Rattler has his moments, and that's what it's going to take to beat a Georgia team is somebody having those moments. He had one last year against Tennessee. You yeah. know, uh, had a monster against Clemson. So if he can have that kind of moment against Georgia then that game could in- get interesting. But the offensive line at South Carolina is not good. North Carolina ran right through them uh, the other night, and I I don't know how – if North Carolina is going to do that, then the team with probably the best defensive line in the country in Georgia is not going to do that. But you never know. Like, Georgia – and this is the thing that – it, it kind of stinks for them because they didn't have the big non-con game that they were hoping with Oklahoma to lead off the year – They've won two national titles in a row. They need to prove nothing to anybody as a as a program anymore. But as far as this year goes, I've watched the first two games, a little bit of what I could see, and they're still really great. They still have unbelievable players. Nothing's changed about Georgia. It just looks like they're bored right now. And I don't wanna I don't wanna see a bored team like just going out there going, oh look, yeah, yeah.
16: Yeah, that, that's the number one thing you got to fight against when you're in the position to the, mala-
6: the malaise of, like, everything is this, and then you have somebody that's going to pop up and, and fight you tooth and nail, which is going to happen to them a couple times this year, But and maybe it is South Carolina. Somebody, like, usually when, like, long winning streaks end, it is not the rival that gets you because that's the game that you are locked in on. Yeah, that's one of
16: those where, like, it's no sneak up. They can be terrible, but like you know, they're going to give you their best shot. But you're you're not like oh, it's just another one. It's just another one. It's just no. It's we. You know, people are going to be at our throats if we don't win this.
6: Yeah, but starting before I was in school at FSU and and ending while I was there, FSU had this ridiculous win streak at Dope Campbell Stadium. It was like thirty eight, thirty six, something. You know, a ton of games in it. Like whatever it was, I yeah. could look it up. I'm not going to. But if somebody wants to. But they had this long winning streak at at home. And the team that beat it was not Clemson. It wasn't Miami. It wasn't losing to Florida at home.
16: 37 in a row from 95 to 2001.
6: Yeah. Do you know who the team that ended it was, Jack? No, I do not. It was Maryland. Maryland? Maryland in 2001. And FSU took it right down to the end. Chris Ricks threw a pass in the end zone to I believe it was P.K. Sam who would eventually catch a huge touchdown against Florida in 2003. Maybe it wasn't P.K. Sam. Um, it was it was one. It was a receiver, but he dropped it. It was right in the bread basket and he dropped it. And that was on fourth down and goal. And everybody stood in the stadium because we were so used to seeing FSU win all these games in a row at home thinking that there's like another play before it like hits you like, no, no, Ralph Regan's Fat ass is, like, running out there on the field and celebrating. And I say that also. I see it. You know, I'm a chubby guy. So, but Uh-oh. Ralph Region is running out there on the field, and we're just like, well, wait a minute. It's, it's not it's not legal for us to lose here. Isn't there rules that we win at home and you don't? So, it's always a weird one that ends the long the long winning streaks. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're so... Sir Baba of a PK Sam CFL practice church. There you go. There you Interesting. go. There you go. But yeah, there's that's obscure. There are yeah, absolutely. But yeah, there are those things that you know. Just they're not always the big dogs that that get you because when Georgia or Alabama or whoever is rolling through life, you know everything's fine. Won all these games at home. You know, the one they're gonna get up for is is the rival. The rival's not gonna because that's the one that's gonna break them out of their boredom. But the one that gets them is the one that like Georgia last year went to Mizzou and really played bored and almost lost the game. And then they did like it was like they did one of these. They were like, Whew! wait, what, we're losing? Oh, hold on. How much time is left? Okay, enough for us to win. Let's go fix that. And then we'll all not talk about this again.
16: I mean, it's absolutely the, like, Thanos should have gone for the head moment from last year of, like, college football, you know? Yeah. You you cannot not kill the Georgia when you have the chance to kill yeah. them. Otherwise, they're going to go and do what they did.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I'm just looking down, trying to find other things that are...
16: I mean, I'm I'm still looking at, at a couple of Big 12 games, uh, specifically BYU-Arkansas and yeah. the Backyard Brawl.
6: Yeah, look, BYU-Arkansas is, is really interesting because you're talking about BYU trying to make a statement game, maybe win before they go into their first season of the Big 12, but at Arkansas, is going to be a tough place for them to win, and KJ Jefferson's good, man. Like... Oh, yeah. If you look at at the times where Arkansas has stumbled in the last couple years, it's mostly been when he's not playing. Now, I haven't watched a
16: lot of K.J. Jefferson, but the comp that immediately comes to mind for me with K.J. is Cam Newton. Obviously not, like, the same quality, but style of play, am I off here?
6: No, I mean, like, look, he's big arm, like, really can run, a big guy, um sometimes he trusts his athleticism a little bit too much. So yeah, maybe so. He's in that mold. Like obviously not as accomplished, but yeah, if yeah, you were trying to not make going that far. No, I mean, but you and, know, like Harold Perkins reminds me of Von Miller a little bit, but not there yet. Yeah. You know. So um
16: So it's it's gonna be tough to see the BYU defense slowing that down, but I hear they are without Rocket Sanders.
6: Yeah, yeah. That's uh that is a big one for them. TCU in Houston is interesting to me, and that Dana Holgerson probably needs to get a good win after after last week against Rice. Um, but TCU, and we haven't seen—I don't think we've seen TCU at full speed yet. So let, let's see what that that offense is going to be when they really start to hum. I, I think that'll be. How long do you think it'll take them to start to hum, though? I think it could happen this week. I really do. I think they'll. I think they'll be fine against Houston. Um, then again, you
16: know, what was it? 42 points against Colorado was, uh, yeah, I say that, too but bad. like, as
6: far as like, I say them start to hum, not the offense start to hum, like everything looks like they're TCU again. Like there's that, you know,
16: th- I find it weird to be saying that about a team that's coming off of a, an appearance in the national championship game.
6: Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is weird, but you never, you never know. Um, Tennessee and Florida, this this was such a it's such a great rivalry game most of the time, uh, or was back in the day. And then neither program has been good at the same time. Yeah, for quite a long time, uh, and mostly that was. I mean, I mean, it's it's both their faults now equally. But uh, Florida, if Florida and Graham Mertz can use the swamp to their advantage, which is a very tough to play place to play, it is so freaking loud in there. If they can use the Swamp to their advantage, I think that's good. I just think that um, Joe Milton is too much for them, especially when they're probably going to take some deep shots early and, you know, he can throw the ball 112 yards in the air. It's just the most ridiculous arm you've ever seen. So I think that's going to break Fortis Black back a little bit.
16: I wonder how quickly they will fall apart if Milton hits like two of those in the first half.
6: Yeah. I uh, Yeah, they're... Like that's because they don't have like they do not have the athleticism that most Florida teams have had. They just don't, don't have it right now. Um,
16: but how far can they throw a shoe? <laughs> yeah,
6: like that, that. That's that's my real question. No, hey, look. That moment though was kind of the end of of Dan, I mean, he made another year, but like when that shoe thing happened, that was kind of the end of Florida for a little bit there. Like that was the end of that run. So it's a fond memory for you. <laughs> yeah I guess I don't know it look I hate them as a Florida State fan but I will say this again
16: college football is better it's when they're good
6: when all three of those teams were good and like when the national championship ran through the sunshine state for sure it was better to be a fan of all three of those schools and oh, yeah. the thing is is that you can take joy in your rival like being down all you want the thing is is that that is coming for you. So just know it, that there's going to be periods, no matter who you are, that you have down. Like, the the sign of a great program is that your down period doesn't last like seven presidents. <laughs> like, you can get out of it in a couple of election cycles. You're all right. But, look, if you revel in your rival being down and being able to do that, then, yeah, I mean, look, I... I, I, I got to ask, like,
16: if you're having your best period but not winning national championships, is it better or worse if your rival's, like, up or down? Because Baylor had their best period, and TCU was up there with them. And since Baylor wasn't competing for national championships, people, the, what's the number one thing that Baylor fans will remember about that run of being great?
6: Sixty-one fifty-eight. Exactly.
16: Yeah. Like, it was, so, it's special that TCU was good at the are, same time.
6: I am not good. Like, only thing I'm going to remember about the 2022 FSU Miami game is that it was an absolute like pants down spanking, and I got bored watching the Miami game for maybe the first time in my life, and I don't want that. Like, as much as I've pained, pained by those losses as a fan, like it cuts me here. If another one of those games comes down to a field goal, I'm going to hide in the garage. (laughs) I don't know what to do. Can we live stream that? Yeah. But if it's better and more enjoyable when it's, like, it matters. It matters. And so I think that sometimes you have to give a little to get a little. You know, this – I am am like – the historical congressman Henry Clay. I'm the great compromiser. I'm willing to compromise if That's everyone wins. Cut. Hey, I had Helen Thomas earlier. I got Henry Clay today.
16: You're killing it.
6: I'm, I'll, I'll go way deep cut. Way, way deep cut. So.
16: Okay. Yeah.
6: So. Let's rock with it. Anyway. Yeah. I, I just, I like, I, I want that. And um, you mentioned uh, the backyard brawl which is a not so much for Pat Narduzzi and Pitt. I don't think like he's in any kind of trouble like Neil Brown is. But it is, at least for this individual season for Pitt, um, where it could get away from them if they lose this game. And for Neil Brown, who needs as much positive energy around that program as he can get, as he is playing with a huge chip on his shoulder this year and fighting against you know, a lot of fans who think that he should be gone, beating Pitt. We'll quiet that for a little while. And look, their schedule is as tough as it gets. Yep. If you had drawn up, like, they don't even get a break. Like, you would you would maybe take this schedule if you could, like, mix it up a little bit. But their biggest rival in Pitt, Texas Tech, who's good, even though they're 0-2, maybe the best 0-2 team in the country. TCU is coming off the national championship, and that's on the road. Um you know then you get Houston i mean so like you've got 3 games in a row here that are really really tough and you've already lost to Penn State yeah who who was way better than than West Virginia was
16: so that's before you have to go into Stillwater into the bounce house or no it's not into Stillwater sorry you host Gundy who's one of the most he's yeah, like, one of the most consistent coaches in the Big 12 yeah he's going to have his guys competing unless he's got a crazy rash of injuries yeah. and then and then you go into the bounce house you host BYU like The Big 12 schedule is not looking kind for them, even though we're looking at them as a better team right now.
6: They they go to Oklahoma. And look, even by the 12th game of the year, who knows where Baylor and West Virginia are going to be. But the bottom line is the home team wins all those games. That's the series. That's how that series goes. So sometimes it doesn't matter what records are. The football gods have dictated, like, this is how this series is going to go. And Baylor and West Virginia has been the home team wins. Yeah. That's who wins those games most of the time. Scary close sometimes. Yes. But. We'll take a break right here. We'll come back. I want Jack's opinion on Sunglasses Gate. Then we're going to get to Sam Bradshaw. And then our Pick'em segment at 530 from the Triple Option that I, I really want you guys to see because we had so much fun with it. This is 365 Sports. I hate my job.
9: But I don't mind getting up in the morning. I day, But I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why. And what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa drafts, on they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue.
10: Boozer's is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozer's is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie K. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco.
4: Boozers.
10: Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lakeshore Drive is a premier, elite, life-changing experience where you can change your mind, body, and soul. Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness offers over 40 group exercise classes every week, including boot camp, indoor cycling, bar, silver sneakers, and more. If you haven't been to Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness lately, you're missing out on the improvements. New flooring in the weight room floor and locker rooms, new paint and mirrors added to the weight room and group exercise room, and many new machines have been added and arriving constantly on the weight room floor. New free weights, weight machines, TRX, rowing machines, stationary bikes, new treadmills, new ellipticals on the spacious weight room floor. Personal training with Christy London, Randall Corley, Alex Box, and welcome to Nathan Roach, where you will be encouraged and motivated to grow. A kids club included with your membership plus sauna, whirlpool, and tanning bed. 16 tennis courts plus a beautiful stadium court and longtime youth tennis pro Britt Coleman and assistant junior Kenneth. Adult Tennis lessons in clinics with Blake and the commitment to pickleball with eight courts and instructor Jody Thurman. Visit the website at WacoTennis.com or visit us at Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness next to Hawaiian Falls on Lake Shore Drive in Waco.
1: This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Enjoying the show? Hit the like button and subscribe.
6: I'm going to start doing some Friday top fives that are just kind of goofy and fun, Jack. Okay.
16: Um, Let's get them all done before uh, the others come back.
6: Yeah, I mean, I've got this time. Although I, I hate to do them without them. I think some, I think especially there's a couple that, that Smokey in particular would like. But
16: Save the ones he'd like, but the but ones I he do, wouldn't this get. This is
6: going to be the first in a series of things I wish would come back in college football. And so to the top five today in about a little less than an hour uh, will be top five quarterbacks who wore numbers above 19. So if you wore a number in the 20s, there's one that's in the 90s. But like, you know, and all of them are, are, are in the color photo era. So we're not going back to... Face,
16: no face masks. And your, your number one is someone that like, he's the first guy that pops into my head when I, when I think of this, I don't,
6: I don't know why after that, it did not become a staple and more popular around the country, but that's just me. Yeah. But yes, you're
16: cooler than the average. guy.
6: And here's the reason I brought it. I brought it up because Ohio state's backup quarterback, Devin Brown is wearing number 33. And I wanted him to win the job solely for that reason. You know what? I I can
16: be on board with that.
6: Yeah. So anyway, uh Jack, um Let's go, let's get, I want people to get to know Jack a little bit here because he and Garrett have a podcast uh, on the Crystal Ball College Football, College Football Chaos, that podcast. So you, got, you get to know Garrett a little bit more, but and promoting everything else that we do and taking this opportunity to do that, you've heard Josh Neighbors on this show a couple of times. I'll probably have him back again next week on Friday. Um, he's on the Crystal Ball College Football as well. Grayson has stuff on the Crystal Ball College Football. Um, but Jack, let's go rapid fire. Oh, boy sunglass gate. Where do you stand on it?
16: Why did Norvell open his mouth? <laughs> why? Like, I don't necessarily, I was raised in a very similar way. I think about the, what's disrespectful, what's not, but don't like, come on. Why, why open your mouth? You knew what was going to happen.
6: Yes. Okay. Alabama's quarterback situation. Is it dire straits or will Nick Saban handle this?
16: He's not going to handle it this year. Yeah. So it's bad for this year. Buckner like Buckner coming in should have been the sign of that be him being the transfer but they'll get it sorted like yeah, Saban will get it sorted within 2 years. I know that I know that's a crazy bad window for Bama but
6: of the teams who are major brands in the last we'll say in the last 2 years so we can include USC, Michigan in this, of the major brands who have come back from the dead. Florida State, Miami, Texas, all in that Tennessee in that as well. Yeah. Which one has the most staying power in your opinion? Staying power? Staying power. Oh,
16: man. Um, You see, they all have little drawbacks. For Michigan, it's when does Harbaugh leave. For USC, it's what's the move to the Big Ten going to do for them. Um, For Tennessee, it's the fact that they're in the same division and, like, Will probably play annually against the big dynasty of the time right now. Mm -hmm. Um, For Miami, it's I don't actually know if they're back. Like, I'm sorry, they have not convinced me. They are not reborn. Like, they're not back. Uh, So, who 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 else are the options? Uh,
6: I threw Florida State in there.
16: Florida State, uh, they got to finish this year, but they're looking good. Uh, So, staying power. I got to say, either USC or Florida State, just because. The coach, Coach Harbaugh leaving Michigan. I really don't know. USC should still be able. They should still have one of the best offenses in the nation. And the second that they finally get rid of Grinch and bring in an actually good defensive coordinator, uh, they'll they'll start really challenging for titles. So it's it's got to be either either them or or Florida State in my mind.
6: Um, ah, oh, here's okay. Carla Jenkins says Tennessee. Alan Tran says. Texas, and oh, yeah, TJ Scott makes a really good point here. What? Nobody has staying power with NIL and the transfer portal. I don't, I don't want to say nobody, but it makes it a lot harder to predict because those things can catch you, you know.
16: Someone's always got to be at the top of the food chain yeah. with NIL and transfer portal. Yeah. Someone always has to be at the top, yeah. and if you're falling off the top, that means someone's taking your place. So staying power will still exist with those. Uh, Texas, though, Texas is a scary one there. Yeah. As someone who's grown up in this state and is not a Longhorn fan, clearly. Um, that one's Look, scary. Look, if you
6: find a guy, like, Texas is not a job you leave, right? So, like, Texas and the SEC is not, as, like, Steve, there's nothing. What job are you going to give Steve Sarkeesian that's better than that? if they're successful in winning in the SEC in the next couple years. Yeah. I mean I- like that's not that's not a job so like if C Sarkisian is the dude who's going to be who can be there a decade plus. Like that one could be really scary because it's not a job you leave. Like it's a job that can certainly stress you out just as Tom Herman. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's like shattered keyboards and computer monitors everywhere from him just like ah. But yeah, I mean, and, and that's just because he high-strung in general. And but. I
16: can't even use that whole, like, oh, but they're about to move conferences kind of argument I used with USC because they just went in and beat one of the historical powers of the SEC. Yeah. Like, they still have the GOAT coach and Nick Saban there on the sideline. So,
6: yeah, until, until he falters. Uh, anyway, when we come back, Sam Bradshaw. SIGM365.com breaks down the errors that cost Baylor against Utah and tries to put his finger on where this team is moving forward. This is 365 Sports.
4: At Alan Samuels in Waco, we've got amazing deals that make you ask, why shop anywhere else? During Ram Power Days, get a new 2023 1500 Lone Star 4x4 Crew Cab, $11,000 off MSRP or 2.9% for 72 months. Or choose a new 2023 1500 Laramie 4x4 Crew Cab, $12,500 off MSRP or 2.9% for 72 months. That's right, we're making big deals, so hurry in today. Alan Samuels in Waco, the place to shop Ram trucks. Sucks.
10: Three Nation's Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers too. Nachos and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35 in
12: Carrollton.
11: In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads.
6: Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage
10: and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and bakery. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry, and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon-wrapped fillets to T-bone to bone in ribeyes, Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef and chicken fajitas, and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition of the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday, a full-service butcher shop and bakery available, Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco or WacoCustomMarketplace.com.
11: It takes time to reach goals. It's a truth that applies to more than sports. It goes for your financial goals as well. You work hard for your money, and you deserve an investment strategy that lines up with your game plan. And Chuck Verno, your Edward Jones financial advisor, can help. If financial investments aren't putting forth the effort you desire, stop by today for a financial review. Chuck Verno, 720 North 64th Street in Waco, 254-732-1161. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
1: This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com.
3: The 5 o'clock hour is brought to you by Edward Jones and financial advisor Cam Heathcott. Edward Jones, making sense of investing.
1: Now here's Paul
6: Catalina. Welcome in, Sam Bradshaw, Sikkim365.com. And Sam... um you and I texted earlier this week about some of the things that happened uh, to Baylor, especially late in that game. They had ten men on the field for a couple plays on defense. They, you know, it's been something different every which way in this six-game losing streak. How do they break out of this? And what's been the? Is there a common thread through this that keeps happening to them?
15: Thanks for having me on, and as frustrating as the drive from hell on defense was that Saturday, uh, the thing that's probably most frustrating about this team is it's always something else. It's just that they're giving you just enough to believe that they're going to pull it out, and then they find a new way to hurt themselves. You know, you're talking about a Baylor defense that prior to that drive where I broke it down on the site where just some very... Concerning, cautious play calling, putting two guys eight yards off of their slowest tight end, who was the defensive lineman last year, and leaving a linebacker one on one with their slot receiver on multiple plays and not having 10 guys on the field. One of those plays probably would have either picked off the ball or forced a throw away or forced a sack. They just put themselves in a bad position. And prior to that drive, they were holding Utah below 25 yards per drive and had held them to, I think, six points. And each of those was just off of one play setting it up, whether it was an interception or whether it was just a long run where two Baylor Bears missed a tackle. And then you let a third-string quarterback go 88 yards on you, doing absolutely nothing to put yourself in position, to be successful with a very worn out defensive line that was missing your top nose tackle and missing your top jack linebacker. Uh, so it was already a pretty thin rotation to begin with. You know, it's just very, very disappointing. And offensively, they faded in the second half, but they're also up against a very good Utah defense. It's been good for a long time. And in the first half, before the ankle caught up with your backup quarterback who'd been pretty good, you were averaging 43 yards of drive on a very good defense and then the second half it really went away when they realized he couldn't really run and he wasn't all that experienced as a passer so they clamped down on the run made him throw and he coughed it up a couple times but you're also talking about a kid that really hadn't had a whole lot of game experience at the d1 level so you're going to take the good with the bad and uh honestly on the offensive side of the ball after the complete disaster of assignments that you had in week one against Texas state, your non quarterback rushing average being 4.2 yards per carry against the Utah defense is really good at sniffing out the run is pretty solid. And, you know, while it's not a number to run home and brag about, it certainly shows marked improvement from what they had week one and when you can get a healthy Blake shaping in there later, and you could potentially get those defensive linemen starters back healthy later as well, it bodes better long term for this team, whether the record shows it or not, that they'll be able to be competitive with the Big 12, where UCF's now without their starting quarterback. Then you face Texas Tech, who's the last team that Baylor beat, and they not only beat him, they beat him like a drum on the night that Mahomes was being honored at home. And then Cincinnati's new. Iowa State's not exactly terribly strong and neither is houston there's the potential to have some wins down the scratch so
6: sam this week do you expect to learn anything new about them or is this one where they can just go out and get the win so they can get the losing feeling out of their head for for even six days
15: it's more of option b but as somebody who has to preview about 12 to 13 teams a year uh, schematically, I will say LIU does some things on both sides of the ball. that will give guys some good live reps against them, looks that they don't always see. And it'll be good just to at least have the film study from that. And particularly for Sawyer, not having a whole lot of live action and quarterback. This is a team that will, while their front really doesn't change too much, they'll typically be in a tight front with an overhang linebacker to either side and one stack linebacker behind them. What they do in coverage one day or one play, it's all out man coverage. The next play, it's zone coverage, and then they'll give you some different looks. It's not just cover two. They'll run some basic cover two, but then they'll do Tampa two with the corners playing what's known as trap two, where instead of being outside and outside the receiver and rerouting them inside to help the safety, they've got somebody dropping in that deep middle hole, so the safeties can play wider, and then the corners can play inside the receiver and actually help out fitting against the run and turning it back inside to their front six. So they can give you a lot of different looks. And while they definitely don't have the talent to hang with you, they have the ability to put things on film in a way that will allow Baylor to help himself get better.
6: So um, what was your uh, total assessment of Sawyer Robertson after his first start?
15: I think he has the athleticism to do an awful lot, both throwing the ball and running the ball. I think at times he has some accuracy, but I think he can be a little streaky. And I think he's a young quarterback. The costed up twice against a very good defense. And so, while I think he's definitely got a lot of potential, and I think he can get there. I understand why Shapen was the winner in fall camp. Shapen against Texas State with basically no protection lit them on absolute fire. And the only thing that was stopping that offense was their own false starts and their own inability to protect the passer. Uh, but grading on the curve of yeah, you got absolutely no protection. He was lighting it up. And I think that Sawyer played really well when healthy against Utah. But then when Utah could kind of tee off and force him to play in only one way, he really struggled. But most good defenses would do, to, do that to a young quarterback in that situation. So I'm not going to hold it too hard against them.
6: What was the offensive line? who played a lot better week one to week two. What was the key for that
2: improvement?
15: Well, I think there's a bit of a reshuffling that I helped, I think helped. And as Aranda mentioned in the post game of the Texas State game, you know, in that game, it, it took them a quarter and a half to ID the defense correctly. And I think working on the details of that and having that good to go from the beginning of the game helped a ton. Just keeping their assignments straight, but also just reshuffling and better technique helped across the board. You saw the defensive line up until the very end of the game, they were doing a lot better stopping the run. You know, The first quarter, Utah barely got any real running game going. I mean, they had like 26 yards. And then the second quarter, I think they just had the one long run. And then aside from that, nothing. And then in the third quarter, not really much of anything either. And it was really when you ran into a very late-game situation with a tired defense, with a scheme that was effectively giving the run and the quarterback run away in order to foolishly protect against the deep ball, against a quarterback that hadn't shown the ability to beat coverage. Um, you know, compared to the complete, we're playing too high, we're not playing physical disaster, you saw against a really not that great, but still better than people probably give them credit for, Texas State team, it was clearly a marked improvement, and you can at least take the encouragement that that provides. Obviously, there's a long way to go because that offense that they face on uh saturday the level of quarterback play and the level of spread concepts they're facing will be radically different than what you're facing in the big 12 and ludwig's a great offensive coordinator but the way that they stress you is going to be different than what you'll see from a tcu from a texas tech from you know from an oklahoma from a west virginia and and a ucf for that matter so it's going to be really interesting to see how this group grows and evolves but i'm really just looking forward to finally seeing that group at full strength because i do think that defense can look a lot better if you get randolph and uh, boykins back especially boykins he's the closest thing to uh, siaki Ika that really allows you to change the math on defense in terms of run pass conflict because he can draw that extra blocker yet still be a competent pass rusher for you because he can really, really free up another body, keep the blockers off the linebackers in a way that the guys behind him really can't. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Baylor has when they're at full strength on the B-line. Sam, what
6: um, what did they not do well week one to week two? What what stayed bad week one to week two?
15: Well, offensively, you never want to average five false starts over a two-game period. That That's just effectively giving up a quarter of the field over the course of the game completely unforced um, I felt like defensively obviously playing with 10 is never good and if your defensive scheme is having two defensive backs your star and your field baby playing eight yards off of the ball and not really threatening the slant and giving it away over and over again that's either the coordinator not getting it or it's a young player not understanding an automatic check that's supposed to be built into the coverage. And we saw that both with uh, Mikey Matthews, the diminutive receiver that, you know, wasn't exactly a star coming in, but Baylor sure made him look like one. And then uh, Mickey Suguturaga is their uh, tight end who used to be a defensive lineman who's not exactly fleet of foot. They were giving it to him as well. So I, I wonder if that's a call from the coach's box or if that's a younger player not understanding the situation not understanding the defensive check that should be made and these defensive coaches have a long track record of success so i do think that's probably more on the young players making mental mistakes and given the fact that one of them wasn't even on the field for two plays certainly comports with that
6: sam bradshaw sicken365.com sam we'll talk again next week about how they're going to um attack a resurgent Texas Longhorn team, which should be very, very, very interesting.
15: Yeah, Texas is certainly in year three of a rebuild, and Sarkeesian has done a good job bringing talent into places that had actually dipped in talent because for all the recruiting classes they had under Herman, the talent level had dipped significantly when Sarkeesian got there. And you'll notice over the first two years, the primary contributors for them on offense were start guys. And it's year three and they've infused a lot of talent. Texas is going to be a different animal this year, but they got to make it through the entire Big 12, and I think somebody will get them.
7: Yeah,
6: it's, it, well, it's tough for anybody to, to go through unscathed. Sam, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Sam Bradshaw, S11, on the site. You can uh, subscribe at Sigm365.com and read and uh, see his uh, breakdowns every single week. You see he is insanely, insanely detailed. Uh, in what he's doing, but yeah, Jack, it's uh, it's just nerve wracking right now at McLean Stadium watching Baylor.
16: Why? Why is it nerve wracking?
6: Because they're not winning.
16: Why? Why should I be nervous about that?
6: Nervous? He's nerve wracking. I don't know. Depressed?
16: Depressed? Yeah. <laughs> um, going out of my mind certainly. Um, a little angry possibly. Nervous. I'm not really nervous. I think we generally know the results of games before they happen. Good for betting. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, I as an alum, I really want them to turn it around. And possibly trying to be more positive after last week. You saw them take definitive steps in certain areas while the competition clearly stepped up in certain areas. So, it... It shouldn't be all doom and gloom, but there is a lot to prove for this team this week and especially next week against Texas.
6: Yes, there is. All right. Uh, when we come back, the I launched a couple weeks ago the triple option, just another little show we're doing. We're we're still trying to figure out what we're doing and what we are, but we're a fun college football show. Uh, it's not taking me away from here, obviously. as You see, I just you know thought we could do something different and, and uh, that. Uh, I could, I could have fun with. And so that show airs 1 to 2 Central every single day, uh, well, Monday through Thursday, here on 365 Sports. And we did a pick segment, and it's, you know, we have five games that we pick, and each week the loser will have to do a punishment. Now, we could not last week get Garrett's punishment in in time. So we had to wait until this week. So we did two punishments at once, Garrett is decked out head to toe in Alabama gear. That was his punishment. He had to wear the uh, his least favorite team, his rivals' gear. So he wore Alabama gear. And then we had Levi Caraway, uh, one of our writers and our social media maven. He had to do a segment, the pick'em segment, in a porta potty down the street. Uh, and just to let you know what the weather has been like, insanely hot for two and a half, almost three months. Yep. Then pouring down rain all day for a day and a half. So not the best combination when you're talking about being in a mobile bathroom.
16: <laughs> yeah, that's a an very itinerant toilet. Fun recipe there.
6: Yeah. So anyway, he was in there for that. Uh, so that is coming up next. This is 365 Sports.
2: In our logo and advertising, we say we are people that you can count on. What does that mean? It starts with providing a quality vehicle and quality service at a fair price. But it also means we do what we say we will do and we treat people fairly with respect. It starts by hiring great people, good local folks who work hard with a caring attitude. Our employees are the real reason we are people that you can count on. Put us to the test and see for yourself that at Richard Car Motors, we are people you can count on.
10: Petty Clinic Men's Healthcare in Woodway is now proud to offer you men an exceptional weight management body sculpting product called semaglutide, also known as Ozempic or Wegovi. Semaglutide is an FDA-approved weight management medication once-a-week injections of this powerful medication offers an average body fat weight loss of 20% within the first year of treatment. In addition to body sculpting, semaglutide also normalizes blood sugars and has the clinical research proof of reducing blood pressure, cholesterol, stroke, and heart attack risk. If you're like most men and you have stubborn fat that will just not respond to typical diets and exercise, then help us finally here. Semaglutide. Affordable, highly effective, good Google- Google search Petty Clinic Waco and reach out to the Petty Clinic team today for a free consultation with Dr. Petty to see if semaglutide is right for you. Go to PettyClinicLowT.com.
6: One size fits all that may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses. When it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one size fits all strategy. Cam Heathcott, your Edward Jones financial advisor knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why we take the time to understand your needs knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Cam Heathcott in Conroe at 936-756-7717. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
10: ideal mri we feel blessed to be a part of the waco community we're a small family business right here in central texas and our goal is to bring down the cost of health care while maintaining high quality at times like this the cost of health care has never been more important and unfortunately significant illnesses and injuries still occur that's why ideal mri is open and here to serve you through the difficult time. We offer premium MRIs just like a hospital with state-of-the-art technology and specialists, but you'll pay less, sometimes thousands of dollars less, whether you're using insurance or not. At Ideal MRI, we accept most insurance and there are no hidden costs. Even offering financing, if that's needed, everything included in the price, and you'll not get something as a surprise in the mail later on. If you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. They'll know you can schedule an appointment safely from home online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or give us a call 833-IdealMRI, IdealMRI.com.
3: The Three Sixty Five Sports Friday Show is presented by Bird, Culchin, Ford, and the U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company.
6: Welcome back, as teased in the previous segment. Uh, just wanted to do it again for those of you joining us and wondering what will be going on when you see this segment. But uh, I have launched a new show, the Triple Option One to Two, uh, every day. Still doing this one, uh, but one to two every single day, uh, Monday through Thursday, everything still day. It's Monday through Thursday right now uh, here on this channel, and we did our, um, we've been doing pick them, and here for finally here in week three, we got to dole out some punishments for the losers of the previous two. Here is that segment, and just watch the sadness in Garrett Ross's face as he is draped head to toe in Alabama gear, and... Please give it up for Levi Caraway for being such a good sport for doing the entire segment from a porta potty. Each my left, Garrett Ross died in the wool. I mean, like when he spells out like on a text, no, it's N E A U X. Like that's how big of a a fan he is of LSU. His wife is a, an Alabama fan, so she's gonna like this. But you see right here, it says Roll Tide, y'all. This is
7: all the glory.
6: Yeah.
17: So anyway, yeah, this is fantastic. Oh, I'm getting sick just looking at the T-shirt myself.
6: Me
7: too.
17: Yeah.
6: All right. So now we go live to, are you at McLean Stadium, Levi? Is that where you are?
9: Yeah, I am. Welcome (laughs) to my humble abode.
6: <laughs> Levi is in a porta potty at McLean Stadium. I'm not saying that. <laughs> which is called, by the way, a honey bucket, to which I think if Winnie the Pooh walked up on that thing, he'd be pissed. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, yeah, so Levi's in there. It has like a public service announcement in there. So, we're going to make our picks yeah. while Levi has to do this from a porta potty, which. As you know, porta potty rules are: you get in, you go as fast as you can, and you get gone. That's what you do. That's what you do in the porta potty. All right. So you see Garrett there. He has the lesser of these two punishments. Oh, uh,
17: I guess that means we need to figure out what we're playing
6: for, guys. Hold on.
7: Okay. Break off the hat.
17: I got. I got to say, Levi. I mean, what a good sport, man.
9: I mean, that, that's that's yeah. well played. Well done. Yeah. I was kind of uh, out. This, this is kind of a Mickey Mouse loss because uh, Tulane's quarterback didn't play, and they—I found out like right before the game. And no. they were they were tied with Ole Miss going into the fourth, the mighty SEC. So you know, it's a victory in my books. Uh, all right, so here we go. All right, Garrett,
6: uh, I will let you draw.
7: Oh Lord, let's see what we've done.
16: Garrett, is your mic pack on? Oh, it's supposed to be. Is it green? It is green. Okay. We have
7: green action.
16: Sorry, you're just coming through really hollow. <laughs> okay.
7: Karaoke against your will. Ah! Oh, Good times. Oh God, no. yeah.
6: All right. So what this punishment is is that whoever loses will have to go to karaoke and sing a playlist. And I say a playlist because everybody should get a song choice in there of songs, and we will not be able to play this four songs. Well, I'll say three. Then who doesn't three? get the choice? Paul, you can't. Four songs. I four songs. Four songs. No. Four no. Songs. no. No. No on four Why? songs. Or we put. Let's put. We'll put four songs in a hat and we'll draw. How there about we that? Go. Okay. We'll put four songs in a hat. All embarrassing songs. And whoever, you know, whatever song is, we'll videotape it. We can't. We can show because of music rights. Like. Five seconds of each song. Five seconds of, of that video, but we'll put the whole thing up uh, on social media for everybody to see, um, non monetized. So uh, we can we can do that. Uh, so let's go ahead and get to our picks. And so, karaoke against your will is the week three punishment. All right, let's start out. Uh, let's you know, Levi, you're in a porta potty. Let's try. Let's get you first.
9: BYU and Arkansas. Um. I want to root for the Big
6: 12, but I'll go with Arkansas. Arkansas at home for Levi Careway. Garrett. SEC, baby.
7: Woo pig suey.
6: Oh, yeah. Look, you're saying all the things you hate to say today. Exactly. All right. Oops. Come on. See, it doesn't
7: even want to
6: work. Yeah, it doesn't even want to work. Jack, who you got?
16: I'm going to go with Arkansas on this one. I went BYU on, on chaos, but I'm going to play it safe. I hate I hate karaoke. <laughs> All
17: right. <laughs> Pierre, who you got? Uh, pretty good defense with Arkansas. I like Arkansas. I'm going with Arkansas.
6: Yeah. I think when it comes down to it, go with the quarterback that you trust, and I've got to go with Kate. This is boring. And so this might come down to our tiebreaker picks this week, but – Going with uh, the Pigs here. All right, we'll go back the other way, down to Levi, um, just to make him suffer a little bit. I picked (laughs) this game on the schedule because I thought for a minute there might be some win one for the Gipper here, but Michigan State has not been, they're 2-0, but they've not been particularly great. Uh, I'm going to say Washington here, Michael Penix and those wide receivers and running backs, carve them up.
17: Pierre, who you got? A little bit of a distraction right now in East Lansing, so I, I'm going to go with Washington as well. Yeah.
6: Michigan State, once again, could not have handled a controversy worse than they are right now. Nope. There is no way. Jack, who
16: Washington, you got? Washington. Easy. Yeah. There's yeah. no way Michigan State should win this game.
7: All right. Yeah, I
9: got to ride with the Huskies. Not
6: even close. All right, there we go. Okay, Levi? Yeah, I'll go you, I
9: love watching him play. Yeah, there you go.
6: Okay, back across. Levi, Minnesota, and North Carolina. Minnesota's 2 0. They play really good defense. Pierre covers them, he talks to PJ Fleck every week. North Carolina's got Drake May, high flying offense, had a n- nail biter again against App State. Last week, who you got in this one?
9: I feel like North Carolina the past couple of years under Mac Brown always disappoints in these games, but I'll go with the Tarkins.
7: Oh, yeah, I'm going to ride with North Carolina. Drake may throw a hole through that boat.
6: All right. <laughs> That's good. Hit North Carolina
16: again, Paul. Oh, sorry. You're going to see an animation when you hit the logo.
7: Okay.
6: There we go. All right, there.
16: North Carolina one more time. For me, okay.
6: There we go. North Carolina, animation. There we go.
17: Pierre, who you got? Yeah, I I don't know what to do here. I mean, I covered the team, so do I do I look like the homer for picking them, or do I look like the idiot for picking against them? I feel like I'm in a no win situation here. <laughs> well, I'll be being totally, being totally
6: being <laughs> totally
17: honest. Minnesota.
6: That's also one of the reasons I picked this <laughs> game because if you look. Pierre is 7 and 3. <laughs> yeah. And all the rest of us are not. So, I wanted to put him cuz again, I get to pick this. So, it's my rules and my game. So, I wanted to put you in a little sticky wicket here, Pierre.
17: Minnesota play you said it Paul. Minnesota plays really good defense. I don't think people understand how good their defense is. Um I just don't know <sighs> If I, I don't trust, I don't trust it. I'm going North Carolina. All right. Good luck talking to Coach Fleck next week. All right. Yeah, thank you.
6: (laughs) Make sure I email this right to him. Got to go with the Tar Heels here and the resurgent and interesting ACC. This is the first time the ACC has been interesting since probably 2016, to be quite honest with you. Now, Clemson's had a couple years where, you know, Wake Forest won or Pitt won. Uh, But as far as... Teams that could win the league and Clemson could finish in fifth or sixth, quite honestly, uh, right here. It's, it's getting super interesting. Okay. Back this way. Pitt at West Virginia. Two weeks ago. We're, we're going to see some different answers here. Yeah. We have two, Yeah, two weeks ago. I would have picked Pitt in this one. No yeah. question. After they lost to Cincinnati, man, this is so hard. And this is in West Virginia. They lost this game last year in Pittsburgh on the last second field goal. There's going to be a bunch of drunk people burning couches. I'm going West Virginia.
17: I think, man, I, I, when, you, when you sent me the picks this week, I saw two or three games and I was like, boy, these are going to be coin flips. This was one of them. Um Phil Chuk- I would want my- I want to take Pitt, but at the same time, I don't want to take it. Phil is has only completed 49% of his passes so far this season, Paul. Yeah. I'm going with West Virginia as well. I'm taking West Virginia. All right.
16: Okay, Jack. I'm scared to do it, but I think I got to take Pitt. Both teams care about this rivalry so much, and I just feel like Pitt has more talent right now.
6: Okay. Woo. Garrett.
7: I'm taking West Virginia. Uh, I, I took Pitt last week against Cincy, and Jerkovich let me down. And then you look at how Cincy controlled that game on the ground. I think C.J. Donaldson balls out in this game. in yeah. West Virginia. All right. Behind what line? Ah, uh, We'll find out. He'll find the hole and hit uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> He's his own line. He's his own line. <laughs> Levi, who you got? I'll
6: go West Virginia. I don't I'll oh, be God.
16: that guy, but. Wow. Oh, God. Let's make or break for me now. All right.
6: So we can, so we can let Levi go. Levi, can you describe your surroundings a little bit—the smell, the temperature. It's been hot and rainy at different points this week, so I'm wondering what that's done to the environment that you're
7: in.
9: Yeah, it's very moist and humid in here. Uh, <laughs> it's not—it's not as gross smelling-wise, but I don't feel clean. Uh, I don't, <laughs> It's always super cold in our studio, and so I wore long sleeves today. I'm regretting that decision. <laughs> I have some, some sweats coming on. I'm wearing jeans, but uh, not too bad. Uh, I'd rather do this than karaoke, to be honest. So. All right. Wow. Well, there we go. Wow. wow. I'm okay. No, wow. I'm
16: with him, which it makes me scared. It makes me scared <laughs> as hell of a backyard brawl now.
6: Oh, my gosh. I be
16: the only person taking pit.
6: Oh, gosh. Well... um, I think, here's the deal. We've now painted Jack into a little corner here, Uh so somebody either has to do him a favor Ooh. and... Uh, pick really against the grain on this last one, Georgia and South Carolina. Let me tell you the reason this one's on the list and not Tennessee and Florida. That or you okay. all
16: have to do karaoke.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. You're interesting. The only
16: person to go off off the beaten path. Yeah, and that's interesting. Okay. That's I, I, interesting. I feel like the punishment flip. I respect, I respect that.
6: You know what? If he's the brave one, then maybe we have to do it. <laughs>
16: but okay. Let's see what Levi picks on yeah. this game.
9: Levi, do you think Spencer actually, Rattler? I'm not even trolling. Like I think this could actually be one of those games that chaos ensues. Um, am I gonna pick it? I don't know. You have to um, pick it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the Gamecocks. Why not? All right. Wow. 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 Okay. Thank you, Levi, <laughs> there we go. Uh. But if we tie, I already did my punishment.
6: All this Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Here uh. we
7: go. I got to take Georgia, man. I I, I do not trust Pencil Rattler at the end of the day. Yeah. I got to take Georgia.
16: Georgia. Yep. Not even a second thought. No analysis. Georgia.
6: Yeah. There we go. Three, three in a row. Uh, oh. M- make it four in a row. <laughs> and. Paul might get the hang of this app eventually. It's just not going, right. man. There we go. There we go. So, as you see the picks here, uh, I... Garrett and I will not gain on Pierre this week at all. Nope. Uh, Jack and Levi have a chance to. So, Pierre, whatever happens, you're going to remain in the lead this week. So that's good news for you. The air is crisp up here at the top, I got to tell (laughs) you. Yeah. Oh, get off. (laughs) So there you have it. There's our picks. We all picked Arkansas. We all picked Washington. We all picked North Carolina. Jack picks Pitt, and Levi picks South Carolina, this is going to be interesting. The loser or losers yeah. of this could wind up. Because, look, if you guys are, bu- I don't know what's going to happen. You got
7: to get a duet. Yeah. Okay. But they will lose. We got to
6: get a duet. Well, yeah. I, ooh, Islands in the Stream. Ooh. Islands in the Stream would be great for for the two of them. I'm going to put that in the hat. Anyway. Wait. Or. Yeah.
17: So, well, or it could I be am, our... I, you, you mentioned you mentioned you, picked, you had Georgia and South Carolina. There was a reason you picked it over Tennessee and Florida. What I, did, I didn't hear that reason. Oh, What's the reason? I think I just think that Tennessee and Florida is going to be an absolute blowout. And you Fair. know I, there are people talking it
6: up. I I trust Spencer Rattler to make it interesting more than I do Graham Mertz. Fair. So there you go, Levi. Your punishment is over. Return no, to I'll us in, in the studio, but please disinfect before you come in. So,, all right, uh, thanks to Levi for doing that and being such a good sport. Thanks to Pierre. Thanks to Garrett also being a good sport. He, he is going to shower in turpentine tonight yeah. to wash this off of him. So uh, yeah, that is awful. that is that is tough. But I'm glad I'm glad that you did it. I'm glad this is our first punishment. Pick them. I hope it does very well on YouTube. Uh, we might, we might have to run some of this on Friday again. I think it, it's yes, worth, definitely. it's worth promoting on another show. Our, uh, I, P- I, I want to know. I want to know how we're going to
2: people that you can count on. What does that mean? It starts with providing a quality vehicle and quality service at a fair price. But it also means we do what we say we will do and we treat people fairly with respect. It starts by hiring great people, good local folks who work hard with a caring attitude. Our employees are the real reason we are people that you can count on. Put us to the test and see for yourself that at Richard Carr Motors we are people you can count on. City Clinic Men's
10: Healthcare in Woodway is now proud to offer you men an exceptional weight management body sculpting product called semaglutide, also known as Ozempic or Wegovi. Semaglutide is an FDA-approved weight management medication once-a-week injections of this powerful medication offers an average body fat weight loss of 20% within the first year of treatment. In addition to body sculpting, semaglutide also normalizes blood sugars and has the clinical research proof of reducing blood pressure, cholesterol, stroke, and heart attack risk. If you're like most men and you have stubborn fat that will just not respond to typical diets and exercise, then help us finally here. Semaglutide. Affordable, highly effective, good Google search Petty Clinic Waco and reach out to the Petty Clinic team today for a free consultation with Dr. Petty to see if semaglutide is right for you. Go to PettyClinicLowT.com.
6: One-size-fits-all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses, but when it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one-size-fits-all strategy. Cam Heathcott, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why we take the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Cam Heathcott in Conroe at 936-756-7717. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
10: Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be a part of the Waco community. We're a small family business right here in central Texas, and our goal is to bring down the cost of health care while maintaining high quality. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important, and unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. That's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through the difficult time. We offer premium MRIs just like a hospital with state of the art technology and specialists, but you'll pay less sometimes thousands of dollars less whether you're using insurance or not. At Ideal MRI, we accept most insurance and there are no hidden costs. Even offering financing if that's needed, everything included in the price and you'll not get something as a surprise in the mail later on. If you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. They'll know. You can schedule an appointment safely from home online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or give us a call at 833-Ideal MRI. Ideal MRI
4: Baylor alumni are more than 160,000 strong. When we all join hands to support our university, we don't just move the needle; we move mountains. Working together, we create life-changing opportunities for students on the field, in the classroom, in the laboratory, and in life for generations to come. So get connected, get involved, learn how at baylor.edu/alumni.
10: Stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. See all the things they can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543
12: We'll see you next time.
10: It's another time to speak with Samantha Duval from TexasBeefHouse.com, handles the marketing and someone that you will talk to a lot when you do call for the great product of the Texas-raised Wagyu beef. It's college football season, tailgating, it's a big deal. People love to put beef and pork and chicken, etc., on the grill. Let me know what you have.
8: We've got everything. If you've got a morning game, you can get our breakfast sausage or our bacon. You can tailgate with some breakfast tacos if you've got an afternoon or evening game. We, of course, got our hamburger patties, their half-pound patties, four patties to a package, and we even have jalapeno and cheese patties. They're amazing. They'll blow your mind. Just that extra flavor, not too spicy. They have a high-heat cheese, so they don't melt on the grill, and our patties don't shrink up on the grill either. Anytime you order, use our code SICKEM10 to get 10% off your order of $100 or more. Where
10: is the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, that's Samantha. The DeVal TexasBeefHouse.com
0: There are 20 20- six letters in the alphabet over 600,000 words in the dictionary and just three of them said together can change everything let's order pizza those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on marco's pizza that'll blow your mind so visit marco's.com to order and stop by marco's pizza in bellmead china spring woodway and in robinson marco's pizza lovers get it
1: It's time for Paul Catalina's Top 5, brought to you by Texas Beef House. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House. Unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com.
6: Top 5 QBs who wore numbers above 19. This isn't a series we'll do of things I wish would come back. It might be starting to come back a little bit. Now that you've got... People able to wear like zero and you know the all of those things. Maybe, maybe quarterbacks with numbers above nineteen will come
16: back. I mean, didn't Shea Patterson wear like twenty at Ole Miss? He did.
6: He didn't make the I, list. I was
16: hoping that I was hoping that was gonna that was gonna spark something, but I don't think it did.
6: It did not. But maybe, maybe it will. Maybe it will. And so we're gonna go back through. Uh, I love it when you see a quarterback that's wearing it and you know a number in the twenties. Devin Brown Ohio State's the backup right now he wears number 33 God bless him for doing it um, wish he'd won the job <laughs> I just for that like I you know simply yeah. just just for that reason number five even though we only did it for one game Denard Robinson wore number 98 to honor Michigan legend Tom Harmon and I will remember this game forever Denard played pretty well uh, in the game. Uh, and I love a, a quarterback wearing number 98. One number 99 would be a great quarterback. Old school quarterback number two nines, but 98, that's a big one. Jack, here's your trivia question. Oh, boy. Tom Harmon is the father of what CBS? Dan Harmon. You're cool. I mean... Uh, no, I, I not, not Dan Harmon. I don't, I don't know his name, but
16: it's, it, it's Gibbs from NCIS. Yes. Mark he Harmon. UC, yes. Mark Harmon. He yeah. played at UCLA. There you go. You got see, it right. Show. See, like I, Dan Harmon's the one that pops into my head because the community, <laughs> <and> I know <laughs> yeah. that's not it. No.
6: Mark, Mark Harmon is the right answer. Gibbs of NCIS. I don't think he's on <laughs> NCIS anymore. Oh man. I don't know. The show's been on a very long time. Uh, I think I was. In high school when it started coming on. Have they I hit don't know. 20 seasons yet? I don't know. It's also It was a spin-off, yes. It's a, I think it's a spin-off of Jag, which was the show that was on when I was it's in a high school. It's a spin Yeah. Yes. What? Yeah. I didn't know it was a spin-off. Yeah, Gibbs was first a character on the show Jag. Huh. Yes. So I'm sure there are people in the chat room who remember Jag. Well, I, I guess I'm showing my age. Yeah. Number four. Heath Schuler. Uh, who eventually uh, ran for Congress was a, a draft bust of the Washington Redskins. But Heath Schuler,
16: this is the only guy on the list I don't know.
6: Yeah, he was great at Tennessee. Man, he could he could sling it. What what years was he at Tennessee? Let's see, I want to say he was either right. I think he was right before Peyton Manning. He was let's see, U.S. Representative Heath Schuler. Um, let's see, football career. He was at Tennessee uh 91 to 94. Okay. So right but right before Peyton Manning. He was right before Peyton Manning. So, drafted in the first round by Washington, uh played from 94 till 99 um and really was on the uh practice squad uh of of the Raiders in 99. But do you yeah, know why he wore number uh, 21? I have I have no idea. Damn. So, I just know that he did. The reason's why Ultimately, don't matter to me. Other than they just did it, so. But Heath Schuler, I, I know there's some folks out there remembering Heath Schuler. Josh, Josh Hybert remembers Jag. There you go. uh Let's see. My uh, Roy Melton, my parents never missed an episode of Jag. Yes, it was a show made much like NCIS for your parents. Number three. The round-mounted touchdown. The hefty lefty. Jared Lorenzen, University of Kentucky, wore number 22. Uh, Nothing brought me more joy of watching a team that I had no dog in the hunt than watching Jared Lorenzen play football. I can promise you I'd never, you know, I'm indifferent about Kentucky when it comes to football, but, man, when they've got a guy, the hefty lefty, a fat lead like this, man, oh, man, much respect. Yeah. Much respect. I got to
16: go back and watch some of his highlights.
6: Yeah. Then he was in the NFL for a little while. He yeah. played in like all these arena leagues. You would see Jared Lorenzen with a shirt that was like a crazy color because the sponsor was like a tow truck company or something. Man, gosh, Jared Lorenzen. Loved, loved watching that guy play. Number two, Bernie Kosar. The second-best quarterback on the list, this list as far as talent goes. Had a good NFL career, uh, Browns, Cowboys, Dolphins. Um, it was a big part of a Cowboys Super Bowl run when Troy Aikman uh, got a concussion and he helped him uh, win some games. But, uh, yeah, Bernie Kosar, uh, war number 20 at Miami. War number 19 for the Browns, number 18 for the Cowboys. I can't remember when he made it back to the Dolphins what he wore. But Bernie Kosar was one of the first – Dudes of those big Miami runs with Howard Schnellenberger, Bernie was Bernie was there. Uh, he was there honoring Howard Schnellenberger last week as as Miami. That might have been what made me start thinking about this a little bit um, more and putting him on this list because I knew he was number twenty at Miami. And uh, Jack, I know he's well before your time.
16: Yeah, but I watched the U.
6: Yeah, you watched the U. He was on there. He's also on Broke. So he's he's made his way through the 30-for-30s, uh, which his story on Broke was really, really like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, Broke's, poor, Broke's poor, one of the sadder ones. Poor Bernie my Kosar. Opinion. My gosh. Uh, a lot of the guys on Broke were from Miami. You know, they, they were Miami guys. And number one, can't have a list with this without Doug Flutie. I love it because number 22 is a number that's too big for him as a person. Just to. <laughs> Just normally. Doug Flutie's not a big guy.
16: Yeah, he's got to um, it down. Should have gotten 21.
6: Met, met him at Super Bowls a couple times. Uh, he is not a big guy at all. Like, you would – if you had to pick out the professional athlete in a room, Doug Flutie, in a, even in a room full of, uh, like, normal people, you wouldn't pick him out. As Still bigger the,
16: than Tom Cruise, right?
6: Yeah, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, it like, this is the era where the shoulder pads just came in like, small, medium, and large – like there were no, <laughs> or extra large. Like Believe dude. it
16: or not, when I was in middle school, my middle school still had that era of pads.
6: Yeah. Tim Salinas, drop, uh, Doug Flutey drop kicking was fire.
16: Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely.
6: I, that's another thing that I
16: remember seeing him do it in the NFL on the Patriots. I, f- I don't know what year that was. I yeah. cannot remember how young I was, but I remember seeing him do it. Yeah. And they made a deal out of
6: it. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. Right there. Uh... Doug Flutie, though, I mean, of course, Flutie to Phelan was his Heisman moment, beating Miami, as a matter of fact, and that might have been beating Bertie Kosar, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> uh, we so.
16: got to get a matchup of non, non-quarterback non number quarterbacks. Yeah. We got to get it yeah. soon. Yeah, we got to get it.
6: But look, this is – but Doug Flutie, uh, one of my favorite players to watch when he came back to the NFL. Look, if you're a fan of the CFL, uh, it, it I mean, you knew him anyway. He won some great cups. Uh, up there. But coming back when he played for the Bills was really fun. Yeah. I yeah, Doug Flutie, as a fellow short person, I I appreciated I appreciated him in a way uh that was probably more than 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 most guys. So there you go. Oh, uh Kim Coulter said one time he played golf with the, the late great Sammy Baugh who Sammy Baugh didn't make this list because it was in the non face mask times when he was there, but I think I think he wore 33 when he was in college. Maybe he was right. Yeah. So, slinging Sammy Ba, So... Uh, that is going to do it for us. Thanks to Jack. Thanks to Garrett. Thanks to Zach Barnett and Sam Bradshaw and Grayson Grudhafer and Mike Scarborough. Uh, 365 Sports tonight on the CW tonight at 1030. We are on KDB Tech tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock for Baylor LIU pregame. We'll see you there. And then I'm back after the game for the postgame show. This is 365 Sports.